10 pence arcade podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the arcade with Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With three regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no party like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamesparty.co.uk and get involved. The 10 pence arcade podcast is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. In this country, we say Happy New Year. Hello, and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Uh, this is our year's anniversary. Hello, Sean. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks, Vic. How are you, mate? I'm pretty good. I'm relaxed. I've had a nice holiday. How are you? Yeah, I've had a very nice holiday as well. I had lots of things lined up to do around the house, you know, a um, bit of decorating, a bit of tidying up, a bit of painting. Um, I've done nothing. I, I, I was going to say, I trust you've done none of that, and I hope you've been playing arcade games. Uh, yes, yes, I've arcaded my fat little belly off, sir. Uh, yeah, mine's a bit like that as well. I have been <laughs> arcading my head off as well, as well as just relaxing, playing different games, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, yeah, I've had a real nice time. Really nice Excellent. time. We loved it. And as I said a second ago, this is our year's anniversary. We've been doing this thing a year. I know you haven't, I have. And it's been pretty good. I hope for another year coming up. Okay, let's do, let's go, let's do it. What's been going on since the last podcast? Right, Christmas has been and gone, blah, blah, blah. Let's get over with, done, sorted. What did you get for Christmas? What did I get? Mm -hmm. Right, I got um, a bit of money, some chocolates, some booze, um, uh, game related, I actually got a Tetris um, light that you build mm-hmm. and make it into certain shapes. Um, when you when you can build it, the contacts connect with the, with a piece below it, and the light comes on. Oh, but yeah. um, I, I've had it sat near the the side of the sofa where I sit, and I've knocked it over three times already. Well done. So I came down um, the other day, and wife had packed it away. She'd had enough of me knocking it over. <laughs> so until I'm a lot less clumsy, it's staying in a box. Has she confiscated it? Uh, yes. Yeah. She put it on a high shelf so you can't get to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what have you got? Well, some of the stuff I got for Christmas is is non-game related, but I have had some pickups which are arcade related. We'll get onto them a little bit later on. But some of the stuff I have for Christmas, I'm, I'm drinking from it now. I had a nice uh, KitchenAid uh, coffee machine maker, a single coffee machine, so I can make myself some decent coffee before I go to work in the morning. Oh, very nice. Mmm, gulp. Uh, what else do I get? Uh, books and stuff, which are always good. I like that sort of stuff over Christmas. I can sort of sit down and relax and read, because I don't often do that. Usually with a glass of wine, which is quite nice. I don't often do that either. Uh, we've been playing some N64. You know, I sort of got that uh, EverDrive for the N64. I actually plugged it all in in the, in the big TV in the front room. And me and the wife were playing that. And it um, looks awful. Absolutely terrible picture on an N64. I'm not happy about that at all. You're I bought right, uh, an AV uh, for it. Um, you can't do RGB on a, on a PAL N64. You've got a Japanese or an NTSC one. And um, yeah, I mean, all the whites and yellows are mixing into each. I think it's just cause it was using a new TV and stuff. But absolutely awful. It looks like someone smeared the screen with something. It just bleh. didn't like it at all. 
I remember we had um, when we first got the uh, Nintendo Wii. Um, our brand new Panasonic telly, the picture was terrible. I got a different cable and it was still bad. Yeah. Um, round next door neighbours, an older TV, it was much clearer. Yeah. And, um, but the N64 uses that trilinear filtering thing, you know, that filters out all the blocky characters as you move closer towards them. I like the blocky characters. Bring them back. That's witchcraft. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing Super Mario 64 um, oh, around my friend's man. house. And in like walking up to a wall and look, look, no blur. I mean, no blocks. It's amazing because I've been playing like Wipeout on PlayStation and yeah. stuff. I but like yeah. blocks. Leave them alone. Leave I them. do. Bring back our blocks. I love the pixels. Uh, the thing that got me on these games a lot, I was sort of playing them. Um, wife remembers them from being a kid and she used to love those games. Oh, okay, we'll play a bit of, uh, you know, favourites, Conker's Bad Fur, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and... Stuff like Sky Fox. Uh, is it Sky Fox? Sky Fox? Lilac Wars? One of them. Star Wing. Maybe. That's the one. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, oh, the cutscenes kill me. They're intolerable. They just take forever. You sort of sit in there and think, right, I want to play the game now. I know what's going on. I can see that. No, cutscene, <laughs> cutscene. Someone talking to someone. Someone talking. Press the button, press the button, press the button. For God's sake, just let me play the game. So they're not for me, I don't think. I think it's probably why I went away from console gaming. I mean, back in the SNES days and Mega Drives... It was easy. You just you just worked it out. You looked in the manual, and things yeah. were easy. The same as arcade games, you know. And it just takes forever to get. Into, by the time I got into the game, I was just like that. <sighs> really, I don't want to play it now. Mm, RPGs are the worst, aren't they? For that, oh dear, I, just, I don't think I could do those honestly. Nah. Um, there's some RPGs I quite like. There's one on the Mega Drive called Landstalker, which is brilliant. And it, mm. there was a bit of talking, but they gave you clues. You needed to know these things to go and do stuff. But it wasn't just endless dialogue and just chatting, 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 do this, do this. Yeah, I'll work that out. Let me go, please. I don't go and mm. play Dig Dug and have to have a tutorial. <laughs> no. It's pretty obvious what you've got to do. That's the good thing about them, isn't it? Yeah. So 90% of the time was watching some movie of some horrible pixelated white and yellow thing on the screen. Wasn't happy about that. There's still some magic moments, I think, on the N64. Like, um... You're going to sing magic moments for us? <laughs> no, I can't sing. The um, Ocarina of Time... Yeah, uh, the opening my son scene loved that. of that. He really liked that game. Yeah, I, don't, I think I sort of what. That's one of the games where I like to watch someone play and give them mm. hints. Uh, it's kind of game you can play together when someone controls and someone does the thinking. Mm. Usually, not me doing the thinking. Obviously, I'm not into thinking. Me, no, no, just shooting stuff. Shooting stuff. Yeah. Also, I've been playing. Well, I wouldn't say playing with the Death Race. I've been uh, looking at bits, working out how to do things, working out how to fix things, working out how to refurb things, and uh, been looking at the PCB and the power supply as well, because the power supply, and I've checked that out, and it's not working properly. The no. 5 volts coming off the linear power supply works okay, but the 22-volt AC, which runs the sound on the board, isn't working. One of the terminals is only outputting 8-volt AC, and when you plug the wire into the loom, one is giving you 8-volt AC, and the other one's giving you nothing. So I'm just going to abandon that because there's so many. It looks like the, the the original power supply isn't quite original. It's been hacked. So I'm just going to mm. do away with that. Put a switcher in and put a little transformer for the 22 volts in there as well, which I've got ready. I'm going to test that this afternoon. Um, so yeah, I've been mucking about with Death Race. Been filling a few holes in it, getting a few things apart, sort of working out what to do with it. Because I'm going to take the time on this one. I'm not just rush into it and get it all done. Just working yeah. out bits. I went to work and did some bits for it. So I made some bits at work. Um, to just refurb the um, the gear shifters on it, because they're ever so wonky with them, worn out over nearly 40 years of play. 
Yeah. Um, well, probably 25 years of playing, 15 years of being in a, in a garage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it looks like it's going to be working okay. Uh, we'll get onto that a little bit later on as well. Um, I've also been doing some research for it because there's quite a lot of bits on this machine I'm not used to. You know, the old TTL logic and linear power supplies and all this sort of stuff. And, and basically hardware, steering wheels and pedals and switches all over the place and that sort of stuff. But when you look at it, it's quite simple how it works, but clever how they've put it together. Yeah. And I've come across a, um, a Canadian forum called MACA, M-A-A-C-A. I think it's Montreal Amusement Arcade Collectors Association. Uh, we'll put a note in the show notes for that. But that is a brilliant little forum. And there's a, the reason I went on there is a guy called uh, Magneto who's finished a restoration of his death race, and he's done a really nice job of it. it. It's immaculate. It's really, really good. I recommend the forum for everyone as well. It's, uh, it's in French and in English because it's Canadian, which is yeah. really good. Uh, and the guy, Magneto, I sent him a few questions about, I think, the monitor and the power supply, and he got back to me almost straight away, which was really nice of him. Really happy about that. Was he was he able to levitate things with his mind? He was, yeah. My my um, MacBook Air, which is made out of aluminium, just floated. Wow, yeah. that's that actually, is use. That's quite useful. Do you know what? There's a bit of a, a nerdy uh, engineer in me coming out saying aluminium isn't magnetic. You idiot. <laughs> we'll have to edit that out. We won't. Yeah, and also the broken token guys. I've been talking. I talked to them on um, on uh, the Facebook Messenger quite a bit. Um, I love those guys. They're brilliant. And we're yeah. trying to get through there. Um, we went to Weymouth over the holiday. We travelled down with the mother-in-law. They took us down there to meet people on the, on the New Year's Eve. And um, it was really early in the morning. They get up really early. They're sort of early morning, morning people, and I'm not. So I put mm. my headphones on in the car and listened to hours and hours worth of Broken Tokens. Their latest podcast is seven hours long. Seven? Yeah. Wow. But it's, it holds your interest. It certainly holds my interest. You think you get bored of that, but these guys... I really like their accents. I love, I love accents, and they've got quite a southern Kentucky accent, these guys, and they yeah. do know their stuff. And at the moment, I'm quite interested to listen to them because they're restoring a burger time and a zookeeper. Yeah. So one, I think one guy's doing a zookeeper and one guy's doing um, a burger time, and those machines are beautiful. They're brilliant games as well. I mean, I yeah. used to hate zookeeper, but it, it, it won my heart. I love that game now. And the, the actual cabinet is beautiful. It's really, really nice. I'm surprised we haven't done that in our art um, section yet. Um, mm. But they've been doing that, and they also had a, um, an interview with a guy who invented this um, this little device for checking monitors. It's a monitor test pattern generator, and I yeah. might be buying one of those. I think that'd be quite handy to use for certain things. Rather than plugging like an old football champ or a Tetris board into your monitor to check out the patterns and possibly break your board, you know, if you were not careful with it, this thing runs off a little 9-volt battery, and it's only about like 3 or 4 inches tall. So you can just pop it down by the side, and you'll have patterns on your monitor so you can tweak your monitor and get your monitor right oh yeah i've heard of them yeah it's really good it's, it's, they sell them on cloth the guy sold loads of them i mean he's, he's sold so many he's sort of got 80 behind at the moment he's sort of busy putting them together and, and doing them but they're really 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 good reasonable price as well what else have i been up to yeah the, the broken token guys i was getting onto that actually um they put me onto a guy called Carey who runs the um the place retro arcade uh, in America, and he's going to try and pull his death race out when he's got time and have a look at it for me and just take a few pictures. But the thing oh, is, yeah. it's a working arcade, and the machine's actually mm. earning him money, which is brilliant. Wow. 1976 machine still earning money. I love that. God. Uh, the other thing was also death race related. I went to, there's a guy called Martin Smarty on the forums, and uh, I was asking him a few questions because he's very good with the black and white games. And I was asking a few questions about um, Death Race, because I've got the board next to me on the bench here, and it's a massive board. It's like about 
It's a foot and a half by a foot across, 450mm by 300mm across, and it's really big, all TTL, and I made a, a temporary power, power loom up for it and plugged it into the switcher, just without the sound at the moment, just trying to get a display on the monitor, because you can just do it to a phono. Mm. And I couldn't get a display. It kept coming up all sort of fuzzy and, and out of sync. So I was like, oh, God, maybe something wrong with it. And I've tried everything. He told me loads of things to try, and I couldn't get any, any joy with it. And Martin kindly said to me, oh, I can nip round on Sunday if you want. Wife's uh, going shopping. I'll nip round and see you, because he's only you know 30 minutes away, 40 minutes away. Super. So got to Saturday morning. I was trying a few things, and my wife went up to bed. She'd been having a few late nights, so I'm going for a kip. Okay. I sat here, and I said, oh... If you can't make it tomorrow, I can come see you if you want. Nip in the car, throw all the stuff in there, no problem. Nip down. Yeah, okay, I'll see you soon. See you in 40 minutes, mate. <sighs> this wasn't to happen. This is, <laughs> U- this is UK motorways we're talking about. And usually, yeah. it's a quick spin up the motorway. M3, 30 minutes, 40 minutes perhaps. Two and a half hours later, I got there. I wasn't happy. For some reason, they were doing something to our roads. and what, Whatever reason it was, I don't care. It's not good enough. <laughs> I was driving like five miles an hour for ten miles, and I was mm, slightly annoyed. You did not want to be in the car with me. At one point, I did actually punch the steering wheel. I was going, meh, meh, meh. <laughs> it's always the way, though. You, you just think, oh, just nip somewhere and do this, just quick. No, no chance. Yeah, I've had similar driving experiences. Christmas driving down to see my mum and stepdad. It was a lot. It was twice as long as it should have took. Really, oh, it's a nightmare. Just everywhere was blocked. The M1, the M6, everywhere. I think this is just because they're they're widening the road and they're a load of cones out. But when I actually got to the turn before I had to go off, I was thinking, right, I'm going to turn around and go home. The guys were just moving cones. I thought, oh, hold on. I looked ahead and it was just free. Everything's seventy miles an hour again. And I got there in about ten minutes. Mm. Oh, for goodness sake. Anyway, 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 got there. Uh, Martin sort of looked a bit, oh, God, he's, he's, <laughs> he looks a bit annoyed. Cooled me down with some coffee, and we had a look at the machine, uh, a look at the PCB. I took all the PCB in my setup there, and he checked everything that was um, video-related. He said, no, this looks all right. It looks like it should be working. The scope looks good. I didn't know what he was talking about, but it looked good anyway, and he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> everything looked good on the scope. He said everything should check out all the resistors towards the uh, the video part works out. All the caps look okay, no problem. The soldering looks all right. Well, okay, we'll take it into uh, his little uh, arcade room, and we'll put it on the jet fighter. He's got an old 1975 game jet fighter, old black and white game. Wow. Which was mint. It's a really nice little game. We actually had a quick go of it, and it's brilliant. So he plugged it into that, because it's only a very, very simple connection to plug it in there, and he plugged it in two seconds. He had a twiddle with the pots around the back. Bang! Straight on there. Looks like it works. I saw the little guys running around like idiots, the little gremlins, and I saw the yeah. cars, and we saw the bit of the track and that. We couldn't do anything, because we had no controls wired up to it, but I, pressed, I, I wired two buttons up for um, coin and start, and it looked like it coined up, and it looked like it started. So mm. that's absolutely brilliant. I'm really happy about that because I wasn't. I was told that the the game works, but you know, with with storage and, and moving around and stuff, things can just stop working all of a sudden. So yeah. I'm really really pleased to see that work. And I'm actually going to later on, on a wire up the 22 volt AC, uh, which gets stepped down in the board, and see if the sound works because that's another big thing about Death Race is the screaming and the, the rumbling of the cars and stuff. Oh, I've never heard that, so that'd be interesting. Oh, honestly, you should have a look on, on YouTube for it. There's people doing YouTubes of it, but it's brilliant. In, in real life, it's so much better as well. But I was absolutely ecstatic about that when I saw it working. And the next other thing that was really good, which really cheered me up after a two-and-a-half-hour flipping car ride, was we looked in, as soon as I looked in the back of the, the, the cab, when he was looking at the monitor, I said, hold on a minute, that's the same monitor as I've got. And he went, oh, is it? I said, 
and I looked at it and it says it was a Motorola. He said, yeah, it's a Motorola uh, chassis. I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Because I, I couldn't work out the connections on the yoke of the monitor for my one because they've been disconnected. And you've got a, a choice of like 12 different parts you can put it on the three wires. So you'd never know unless you had a, something to look at. So I took loads of pictures, drew a little diagram, and hopefully later on today I can check out the monitor see if it actually works. And I might even use that monitor because I want to keep it original. But the as I said, I think last last time we talked, um, the monitor has got some really deep scratches in it, and it looks like a bear's had a, a fight with it. <laughs> um, but what I'm thinking is, if it actually works and it's got a good picture, I might just put some smoked plexiglass over it to sort of hide the scratches a little bit and see how it works. Otherwise, I have to get um, an old black and white, uh, an old color or black and white TV to go in there because it's just a TV basically. It's one connection. Yeah. It's fairly easy to do, but trying to find a 25-inch TV has been a little difficult lately. I've got um, a lead on one, which I'm going to check out. But yeah, I'm really happy about that. Oh, it's good you're making progress with that anyway. Yeah, it's slowly, slowly, catchy monkey, or yeah. run over the gremlins, as we say. That jet fighter, did he put a, um, a video on YouTube? Because I have seen something. I can't remember if the guy that was, was showing it was American or English, but... That was a pristine version of Jet Fighter. That it was just like a two or three minute video. It might well have been. Um, it could have been him, could it? We actually played against each other, and it is a lot of fun. For for two eight pixel aeroplanes and a dot, you're firing at each other on a screen. It's brilliant. Even the clouds on it are actually um, an overlay on the monitor. Ah, so right, it's like yeah. little see through clouds. They're not actually. It's got a grey screen, and you one black plane, one white plane. That's it. But mm. it's a lot of fun. And you've got these little sort of um, fighter grip handles. They look like BMX um, handle grips. Yeah. And it's yeah. got a, a red fire button on top of it. You sort of shoot. And you just sort of chase each other, shooting each other. And you, you turn into like a little blocky um, explosion when you get shot. And you just keep going. I think you, you play for like a minute and a half. And that's it. Game over. Done. Whoever's got the highest score wins. But yeah, a lot of fun. And it's made me think, when I've done the death race, I am going to be on the lookout for another black and white game, I think. Because a yeah. lot of these black and white games, because they're, they're odd controls or whatever, or you know TTL Logic, you can't really play them that well in MAME, which is a shame. Because you, you, you play them in MAME, you think, oh, this is rubbish, and it's just a, a white block on a screen. But when you see it with the correct overlays and the correct lighting, and maybe LED displays around it, and you've got some funny joysticks or whatever, and you hear the proper sounds, it's brilliant. It makes it worthwhile. And he also had a fire truck there that was um, heavily documented when he restored it. And it's a brilliant game. It looked amazing as well. It, look, it looked almost brand new. Is that the two-player thing where one it guy is, yeah. stands behind the other? Yeah, it's oh, it's awesome. It looks so good. And for a black yeah. and white game, it was quite um, quite advanced. I think it was seventy-eight. And I was looking at the screen. I was thinking, there's quite a lot in this. You know, you've got your main fire truck, which moves in two parts, and you've got two players controlling it. And you've got the background. You've got trees, and you've got little oil patches. You've got to avoid, and you've got bits of the road, and there's trees on the other side. And it's it's quite a lot for. What you think of, of the you know the old TTL? I think that one uses a, um, a processor, but I'm sure there's TTL logic for the sound and stuff. But back then, that is quite advanced. I mean, there's a lot going on compared to just like two aeroplanes on the screen. I remember playing something similar as a lad called Superbug. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that's another Atari game, isn't it? Yeah, that that amazed me. It was one of the first ones I saw with like it was black and white, but it had scrolling yeah. and oil patches and yeah. Yeah, no. Awesome Sean down game. at the arcade barn had a Superbug. Really, really nice cabinet as well. It was an awesome cabinet. Wow. Yeah, maybe I'll get a. I don't know if I'll get another racing game. I fancy a playing game actually because I quite like that. And I've played Luke Wells's um, biplane before. That's a good little game. That's oh, really is that nice similar? Game. I think it is. Yeah, it's a very similar game. 
I think Atari just tweaked a few things back then when they were just you know changing games around. Yeah. Um, I also I also wanted to start this holiday. I, ne- I never get enough time to do what I want, but I've done loads. I wanted to start on the cocktail Mario Brothers, which uh, the guys on Jammer Plus kindly gave me the control panel for. Uh, listen, guys, I'm on the case. I'm trying to get to it. Um, I've taken the control panel apart. I can't get the flipping joystick out of it. It's been sort of um, bolted in there, and I can't get the thing off. I have to drill through the shaft of the joystick to hold onto it to undo the nut on the back because the, the top ball is just spinning as I try and take it off, and I've got to take that out to put the original controllers in. And Alex mm-hmm. kindly gave me... Um, an original Mario Brothers joystick for it. I already had one. I needed one for player two, and he gave me one of those. Oh, so I can good. pop them in there and get that all, all working. I might get the outside sprayed up as well while I'm at it, because it's got to be the same colour as the, the tub, which I've had powder coat painted, the brown colour. So I want to get into that. I haven't got a lot of room in the garage now, because there's death rates, race parts all over the floor. There's death <laughs> rates guts everywhere. It's like a squash gremlin. It is. When I, when I first got that machine, I'd actually tidied the place up because um, I had someone coming around, and you could get to all the games. Everything was working except Dig Dug with the monitor. That's a sore point. Leave it. Yeah. And um, it, you could everything was there was nothing on the floor. Everything was tidied away. You could get to everything. Everything was working. It was brilliant. As soon as Death Race come, I was like, right, I've got to take this apart, get things out of it. Bits everywhere. Monitor tube, box of bits, steering wheels, PCBs, plexiglass everywhere. Bits of cab I've taken off. Oh, it's a nightmare. I hate having my games room. A mess like that. Everyone does, but as soon as you start a project, it just goes everywhere. So I haven't got a big enough to replace the store everything. My games table is a bit of a mess at the minute. I've got a coffee stain that I need to uh, <gasps> clear up. Um, I think the one of the leads has come out of uh, yeah the USB leads come out of my XRK joystick. So oh. My oh. God. I, it needs a lot of sorting out. Do you know what I did? What? Do you know what? Well, when we're playing Eyes, yes. I made my X by the power of magic, I made my X arcade stick from an eight way stick to, are you ready? Yeah. A, a four way stick. <gasps> how did you manage that? Who told you how to do that? I, I looked on, on Tinterwebs. On Tinterwebs? And it's just this little collar, isn't it, that you can yes. you reverse up underneath. And I was well impressed. I didn't kill anybody with a screwdriver. I didn't smash any windows. The electricity still works in the house, so that's the best DIY kind of DIY I've ever done. Yeah, but the listeners might not know. We can see each other. We're on on um, Skype, and we've got the videos on. Sean yeah. has got his arm in plaster. <laughs> so how did that happen, Chum? Uh, not no, really. I haven't not really. really. It's just a, it's just a very thick T-shirt, a very very thick white fleece. Yes. Right, I'm just looking on my phone. I've seen lots of pictures of the back yoke of a, of a monitor. I just want to get my score up for later on, because you've just reminded me of, of Eyes. And right. what a great game Eyes was. I've been playing quite a lot of that. Have you? I have a lot, yeah. Um, Addictive. One, yeah, one day. Um, normally our podcast stuff, you play it for an hour, don't you, and then leave it for a while and then go back to it yeah, for an hour. I'm always busy, and some games, I'm, oh, I must get to go, I must have a go of that. And I'll get to a certain score, and right, I'm leaving it now. But this one, I kept doing it. I kept wanting to beat my high score. Yeah, I did. And yeah. I, I was swearing a little bit. <laughs> but only because of my own stupidity but we, we shall talk about it later on because it's such a simple game there's a bit to talk about on it I think mm, yeah, I'm glad you like it, it's always been one of my favourites it's not one I ever saw in the arcade but discovered it on main maybe 10-12 years ago I, I do have very distant memories of seeing it in the arcade and probably playing it once or twice but it's one of those games that's very similar to other games I was always after the new the new thing back then because I was always one of those kids who wanted something new and something new mm. at the time 
I saw it in the arcade last night, actually, at Arcade Club. Yeah. There's, um, on the Arcade Club Pac-Man, there's, there's, I think it's something like a daughter board that's got a 96-in-1 thing on oh, it. Oh, the multi-packs. Yeah, they're yeah. really good. Is it on there? And it is. Oh, um, brilliant. And I was, because it's a Pac-Man cab, you have to use the player one button, start player one button to fire. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't credit it up. It, it, it hadn't got a free play mode, so it just needed the coin door opening and credit in up. And you were too and tight we, to put 10 pence in it. And we were talking about it for a bit, and then I wandered off and played something else, and I'd forgotten again. Yeah, I did so that. I, did I, didn't, that I didn't actually get to play it in a proper cab, but I'll, I'll try and do that next couple of weeks. I think, um, I, I knew someone called Simon White, who's on the forums, Bluebird34 in Wales, and he had a Pac-Man cabinet, and he had one of the, I think it was a 96-in-1 multi-board on there. Yeah. And um, it actually works on Pac-Man hardware. It's not a an Af- it's not a, a Chinese cheap thing like the 19s and 60s in one. It's actually a hack with a daughter board and ROMs on it. And yeah. Super Globs on there. Did you play that? Oh, no. We did that early. Me and Alex uh, reviewed that yonks ago. Um, and it's a really good little game. Have a go Super Glob next time you're on there. It's really good. You've got to use the two uh, player one and player two start for jump and call a lift. But it's a yeah. really good little game, really good, especially on proper Pac-Man hardware as well. It's awesome. Excellent. I also went to see Alex. Um, I, had to, I had an appointment with his little girl. Because <laughs> yeah. I wanted her to say something to a dictaphone for me for the podcast. I wanted some samples from her. And uh, it was a bit of a trial, actually, because she didn't want to say what we had to say. I bet <laughs> okay. it's in your face, is it? Could it, it be, It perhaps? may have something to do with that. <laughs> but she did earn a Milky Bar out of it. I had to bribe her with a Milky Bar. Oh, that's all right. Then. So it came about in the end. Uh, but I, one of the other reasons I had to go around there, I simply had to look at his new sheriff cocktail. We know we talked about that last time we were on. Yeah. Oh, God, it's lovely. It's mint, mate. Honestly, it's, it's, I don't know how he does it. I, I, I buy basically a condemned shed from Germany <laughs> that takes three months to arrive. He goes, he, he goes for a quick jaunt in his, his little funny van, picks up a yeah. mint sheriff one-off that nobody's ever seen before. I hate mm. him. <laughs> and it's really, really nice. It plays really well. The joysticks um, are the same as the cocktail ones on, on a Nintendo cab, and they actually work better than the one on his main cab because it's a really clunky thing on his main cab. It's like trying to move a Synchromec, um gear stick on a 20s car, but this one's really yeah. nice. I had a good go of it as well. Oh, it's such a cool look. And it's, it's taller as well, so you can actually stand and play a cocktail cab, which is odd, but really, really good. I didn't put a, I didn't put a drink on it either. That would have been wrong. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. He just buys these. He just finds these mint things, and it wasn't expensive. I don't know how much he paid for it. And it wasn't expensive. He did really well out of that. And he's going to really appreciate it as well, isn't he? Because he appreciates what he's got, doesn't he? That kind of rarity. I think he appreciates it too much. He should just give it to me. I think. <laughs> Sad. Yes. So that's about it, really. Uh, what else have I been doing? Playing. I played in television. Been playing ColecoVision, one of my yeah. new consoles. We'll talk about that later on. Um. Yeah, it's been just been relaxing really and just enjoying myself. Been, you know, playing things I never have time to do. I just think, well, I'm going to sit and play because I could stay up late at night until two in the morning sometimes. It's nice and quiet. And just watching films with wife and doing a bit on the death race and having people round. It's been awesome. Really nice. Mm, but yeah, me too. I'm not going to get onto what happens tomorrow because it's work. I know, yes. Oh, I am you? back. I'm back at work tomorrow. Yeah, back. Okay, let's, that's all that lot out of the way. Um, let's get on to arcade news from around the world and local areas. Uh, some of the boffins on UK VAC, this thread on there particularly uh, interests me. 
have started hacking arcade platform hardware to run other code. Especially, um, they're going to do the old 8-bit game Chucky Egg. Mm, I've seen it, yeah. Not to be confused with our old co-host, Alex. This is the game Chucky Egg, which was more famous on the Spectrum and the BBCB computers from the, the early 80s. Um, and this is a game Alex put forward a long, long time ago. It should have been always in the arcade. And it looks like before long, it will be. Um, that, yeah. I, I can't wait. That's such a good game. Um, and I think Sea Monkey, Adrian, on there, has actually had a demo of the graphics already on. I think it's Taito L hardware, is it? Or F hardware? Ellie said, yeah. yeah it's, on, it's on the game plotting, I think he's using. And I've got a game. They're tiny little boards, if, if I think right. They're tiny little boards. And I've got one with a block game on it. So when they start popping these ROMs out, I'm having it. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got, I'm ready to go on that. I've got an EEPROM burn, which I can burn the ROMs when they eventually get around to it. But it's opened up a great big opening thing that water <laughs> comes out of. A, I can't a bucket, think of the word. A bucket. But, Buckets haven't got doors on. Anyway, it's opened a great big bucket of cool things. Yeah. Um, and other people are starting to, on the, on the forums, have started to say, oh, I, can, I wouldn't mind seeing this on there. Oh, look what the demo I've done with this. I've got my name on the screen using Pac-Man hardware and Galaxy yeah, hardware and all this sort of stuff. And it's just opened up the floodgates. The that's floodgates. The word. That's the one I was after. Yes, idiot. we need to have like a dictionary or a thesaurus or something, don't we? Yeah, I think it's too complicated for me to get dictionary.com on whilst looking at your face and the iPad at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's triple um, processing, and my brain doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully this is going to open up a load of other games for the arcade. Um, but Chucky Egg, for starters, would be pretty cool. Mm. And there's also a thread, I think because of this, started up saying, oh, what hacks would people like to see on original games? Yeah. And I put forward um, an extra life on Pulsar. Would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 10,000, 20,000, whatever. Uh, someone put up um, about a shield rather than the hyperspace on original Asteroids. Do you know Asteroids Deluxe has got a shield on there? Yeah, you bounce everywhere with yeah. that, don't you? I think yeah. they said that wouldn't be hard because you could just nick the code from Asteroids Deluxe and pop it on there. So that'd be pretty groovy to do. Oh, that is exciting, isn't it? Like revisiting the, the old yes, games. Yes, that'd be awesome. It just opens a new life for them. And also, one I read about years and years ago, I'm not sure if someone did it or it was just a myth, but there was a lot of documentation about it, but someone actually put asteroids on a colour monitor with colours. Yeah. And so you get, you get different coloured um, asteroids, or pointy rocks, I like to call them. And I think <laughs> when you died, all the bits of your ship blew out and it went all different colours as you blew up, which is, that'd be really nice to see that. And there's all sorts of other games. I suppose you could, you could colour in some of, well, not colour in, you could put um, different colours on, Battlezone, for instance. You could have yeah. different, you know, when the alien comes down, it'd be a different colour from the tanks or whatever. That'd be pretty cool. And all the, yeah. the objects would be different colour. So, yeah, hopefully our, our UK guys, our boys, will be uh, doing a few things like that. Yeah, this next bit, this is along similar lines, actually. The, um, uh, there's a thread, it's on a few forums. Reverse engineer in the Capcom Kabuki CPU. I'm not quite, I don't quite get it, but you, you sort of understand what's going on with that don't you some oh, kind of suicide chip. yeah 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 no problem some kind of suicide clue. chip where you, you you die if you plug it in is that right yeah yeah you immediately kill yourself when you plug it in if you're oh my word that needs to be sorted out yeah well basically it's i understand very little i just pretend i know things i sound <laughs> clever about it. i'll edit this out it was a kind of suicide z80 chip it was a z80 um but it had a suicide chip on it very similar to cps2 hardware Whereas when the battery went on it, I think it's a battery actually in the chip, a tiny battery in the chip. When the battery went, 
or, or wore out and stopped giving voltage to some encryption code, the game wouldn't run. Basically, that's that's it. And it's to prevent bootleggers taking taking the things apart and nicking the code out of it. It would just like you know, it would make the chip worthless. It wouldn't work at all. Yeah. But the thing with that is, legitimate people who bought that game, say uh, an arcade operator back in the eighties, and then they store it for years and they go and try it, try and sell it on eBay maybe when they're not making any money on it, or one of us guys wants to buy it legitimately. It doesn't work anymore because the batteries wore out over years and stopped working. And what they're doing is they're reverse engineering it so they can work out how to change the code to remove the checks for the battery. So it won't ever say, is the battery present? Yes, the game will work. Is the battery present? No, don't work. Uh, right. So it's, yeah, good for, it. it's good for emulation. And also, if you had a board, say you spent two or £300 on an expensive board and you go and plug it in one day and it's not working, it's your money gone. And yeah. you are a legitimate buyer of that. You haven't bootlegged it. You've not stolen it, hopefully. Um, yeah, and it's just a way of doing that. They, they've done it with CPS2. They call it Phoenix. And yeah. they bring the ROMs back. You change the ROMs in it, and you, it never needs a battery anymore. You can just get rid of the battery. But some purists don't like it because it's not original code. Even though it's the same code, just with bits removed, uh, they don't like it. But never bother. I'd rather have a, a board that's been slightly changed, and it'll work forever, than one that might break down and stop working. Mm. Um, but I suppose the only, thing, the only sort of technical thing with that, if you wanted to do a world record... Uh, Twin Galaxies wouldn't like that the board's been monkeyed around with, which is fair enough, because it might yeah. give you an advantage, I suppose. But on that particular one, the Kabuki you said about, the only game I'd want to bootleg if I was an horrible bootlegger is Cadillacs and Dinosaurs and the different versions of Pang. All the other games on there are not much to worry about, really, are they? I don't know. I don't know what um, what runs on that hardware, really. I'll have to look it up. It's sort of that era, but I think the only game that I like... Sort of 90, is... 90, 89, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs is quite a good game. I mean, that's an expensive game to buy now. An original of that is £300. Yeah, it's really wow. expensive. Good little game, though. It's a lot of fun. And Pang, obviously, we, we covered that. We quite liked it. But yeah. that's not an expensive one. But if you bought it and it stopped working, you'd be annoyed, wouldn't you? Mm, a little bit. Yeah, so um, along similar lines again, really, there's, there was um, a thread on the Dragon's Lair fans forum about the arcade SD update. Yes. A possible update coming from Clay Cowgill. Mm-hmm. Um, he's saying progress is being made. All but one game in the update are playable in horizontal and vertical modes. Okay. Uh, still got some sounds and st- uh, high score issues. It's getting closer. Um, the games that he's, I think he's going to include. There's four pictures here. So yeah. Uh, I recognise uh, Super Cobra, Scramble, Tasmania. One oh, of our Tasmania's awesome uh, favourites. And I don't know what that other one is with a spider. Answers on a postcard. The people who can't see my iPad. Yeah, we'll have to put the picture on there. Do a little pop quiz. There's a spider on there. And it looks familiar to me, that spider. It does. I yeah. played a game. There's a game called Spiders. I wonder if it's from that. Simple no, as that. I've had a look. I've had mm. a look. Well, I'll put that on, mm. the, uh, on, the, on the show notes. See if anyone can write in and tell us what that right-hand top picture of the little spider. Yeah. He has actually only put three more games. So perhaps that spider could be from Tasmania. I'm not sure, actually. I don't think it is. No, Ooh, oh, I can't remember. I, I did quite well in Tasmania. I got through all the levels. I have to see if there's any eye, uh, any spiders on there. I know there's eyeballs on there, which is quite relevant. Yeah, to yeah you do well at them, well. don't you? Yeah, I do like the mad shooters. Yeah, um, the um, may, uh, the, the kind of four-way, eight-way shooters, which is worrying me because that's what this eyes is. So I'm just worried what your score is now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I did quite well. well that, that arcade SD board is it's. 
it's like a main board, but you don't need a PC. So it's on quite a small board, and it, everything that Clay Cowgill does is brilliant. It is. Yeah. I think that's why. Let's just say it's why he hasn't got back to me about doing an interview. Yeah, because he's too busy with this. Because he's in he's in um, Portland, in Oregon, where I went, and the arcade I went to there, um, Ground Control, uh, is, is he sort of looks after it. I think he's part owner of it, and it's a brilliant arcade, absolutely amazing place. But yeah, he's done a lot of the uh, the multi boards and, and and sort of these hacks and uh, add ons for uh, save game states and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, brilliant. Is he the guy that did the Pauline version of uh, Donkey Kong? Is that him? I think he did the arcade version. Yeah, as a guy yeah. did it on the Nintendo on the NES for his little girl. I think he copied it for the arcade version because they got one mm-hmm. at Ground Control, which was brilliant. Right. Um, let's have a look. What else we got? Um, this was interesting. From the 29th to 30th of December, um, a Netherlands tech site. Mm-hmm. Um, made a cab from from you know scratch built a cab from start to finish. They, they put did. their own little put their own little game in it called Tweak Battle, <laughs> which was like two. It looks like a kind of like Mario Brothers platforms, and there's two guys shooting each other with Nerf guns. Oh, brilliant! And it looks a quite fun little game. But the way they did it, and they just kept posting, you know, yeah. extra extra little additions to their post, and and the the final thing looks really good, even yeah. though it has an LCD screen. Yeah, we'll forgive them for that. It's a modern cab, isn't it? Yeah, which means the the cab is a lot sort of less wide than the your standard cab. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite as deep. It looks it looks a little bit odd because it's quite um, shallow. But yeah. I mean that in in a, in a house in a sort of modern front room would look absolutely brilliant. I, I'm not against those at all. In, yeah. in the right place, they look lovely. And the fact is, they built it in 48 hours. Yes, I don't yeah. know how many, I don't know how many of the team were on there scurrying around and swarming around it to do it, but. They've got their own game, they've got their own graphics, their own cab, their own side art. Absolutely brilliant. Really like that. I'll put a, a, a link in the show notes for that. And under cab lighting as well. Did you see that? Ooh, pimped it up. Yeah, like a like one of them 1989 escort drivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I've seen a lot of that under, under floor lighting on... Um, on, I think people do, do mods to like joysticks and stuff, and they put lights in the buttons and things, and also yeah. sit on some candy cabs. And, and in certain instances, it does look really cool. I quite yeah. like it. But other times, it just looks a bit tacky. But sometimes, it looks really nice. Mm. Um, another little cool little indie game that um, I've seen has been developed in France, um, and it's weird. You're actually an old oh. jammer cab. Yeah, I, li- I looked at this. It looks really fun. I'm going to get this on. on you're a little console. tiny jammer cab, and you're bouncing around this like cab graveyard, and you come across a Donkey Kong machine, and he, mm. he gives you these Donkey Kong powers. So all of a sudden, you're a cab that can jump because you've got the Mario jumping ability. He's got little tiny legs, doesn't he? Yeah, and then later on, you can shoot. I can't remember what cab gives you a shoot uh, ability. Oh, it's something like a Zevius or something. Isn't it? Something like this. It's got yeah, all, the, all the names of the different games in it, and it it looks. Right up our street, doesn't it? It looks really good, yes. It's quite a little cute little thing, yeah. It's called Coin Drop Story, you fools. I got another console this Christmas as well, and I'll probably download it on that if it comes out on that, I hope. Oh, yeah. We shall talk about that in a moment. <laughs> Tell me some America news. America. Yes, I uh, I flew, because I had quite a bit of time off, I flew to America um, yeah. over the yeah break. Did you build what? your own aeroplane? To uh... Uh, it's kind of a virtual flight, but uh, I was yeah. there in spirit. Yeah, um, yeah. A couple of new arcades. There's a new one in Arlington, Texas, called Round One USA. Mm-hmm. This is a Japanese-owned 
multiplex thing. So they have the whole works, you know, they have bowling, pool, ping pong, all kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Um, they're all, there's, there's all newish games there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like a chain that's going to carry on America. This is the fourth one so far. Yeah, but hopefully the they'll rest... have a little uh, uh, classic corner. Some Pac-Mans and some Gallagher's hopefully. in there, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um, there is a Pac-Man-themed game restaurant, hopefully opening uh, early this year in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. It's called Level 257. Oh, uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, because yeah. of the uh, the kill screen thing. Yep. Hopefully no one's going to be kill screened in it. No, but um, it did... I'm sure this was mentioned earlier on last year, and it's, um, I haven't heard anything from it, but it's, it's, it's in the news again. It's going to be like one of them Chuck E. Cheese things where you can eat and game. Yeah, and get pizza thing. grease all over the sticks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that as well. And the third and final of my visit to America mm-hmm. um, was... Actually, it's just a YouTube video I found. It was a walkthrough of the Penny Arcade in the old Sled Works Antique Mall in Duncannon, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And this this place is amazing. It's all EM pinballs and really old kind of um, almost what the butler saw kind of things, you know, that Brilliant. kind of... Those old EM sounds, you can't turn them down because a yeah. lot of the old EM games and pinballs, they had actual pinging bells. And and buzzers <laughs> and all sorts of noise and you, you, they're physical. They make a pinging noise unless you put a piece of I don't know tissue paper or some foam around it. You couldn't turn the thing down. So they're really really loud and they buzz and it's just a really nice sound. And the flippers of games you can hear them banging around and you hear the ball flying around. It's a really good atmosphere, but not good for a home arcade, especially if you've got a children's bedroom next to your arcade. <laughs> yes, I think it's sort of almost a hundred percent EM games. I think they've got an original yeah. Pong. Oh, that, nice. That's, that's the only video game I think that, they've got. That works well in that setting, I think, like that. I'd love to go there and I'd just have a walk around. It's like a 15-minute video if you can put a link to that up. Yep. The next time you go on a virtual American tour or in real life tour, go to San Francisco. Yes. Go to the Museum de Mechanique. Yes. It's on the docks. I'm not sure what number dock it is, but there's one of the docks you go to Alcatraz and a bit up the road on the, another dock is this uh, arcade. And it's got loads of old electromechanical games and um, little shows you can watch. And they've got quite a lot of old arcade games. And they have actually got a death race in there. Yeah? It's yeah, really mm. nice place. Some really old games in there as well. And they're absolutely brilliant. All American ones as well. It's awesome. Um, more news. Uh, yeah. Some guy called Chucky Egg. Yeah, we know him. He's been interviewed by Nintendo Life site. So yeah. we'll put a link in there. He's going on about some... Um, oh, do we have to... Cowboy His gob thing. gets on everywhere, doesn't it? Cowboy game, a cowboy game, yeah, something, yeah. something like that. His sheriff again. That's more it. famous than he is. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. His two sheriffs are more famous than he is. Yeah, yeah. He's done well. He's it's a good interview actually. I read it. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, he comes across really well in it as well, which is I like. He also got Alex also got a tweet from a Japanese collector. He shared it with me, uh, sending him a picture of a Nintendo Monkey Magic arcade cab. Yeah, and this cab is is. Unheard of, tanium, unobtainium, never seen, no one's ever seen one before ever, no one ever remember plays it. We didn't know if it actually existed or it was just a Nintendo concept. It actually existed because it's, it's in a little arcade setting in Japan. Um, and it, unfortunately, the, the picture is over 20 years old. As a rare as rocking horse. Yeah. That's a good picture. And it was obviously earning money and it looked really, it's a really odd looking cab as well, completely different from any other Nintendos we've seen. And it was next to um, a nice speed race cabaret, a little yes, speed race, that. and another game we couldn't quite work out. But 
it's um, it obviously was about and it worked. And I think Alex also sent he sent me a picture this morning actually on WhatsApp of um, a Yahoo auction for the PCB of Bomb N, which is another rare Nintendo game. It was licensed from Namco. Unfortunately, it was about three hundred pounds. Bombay. Oh, there were three. There were three sort of pinball kind of breakout games, weren't there? And that was one of them. They're actually really good little games as well. They're really playable. Bombay, GB, and QTQ. How That's about right. that for knowledge? Look at you with your knowledge. Ooh, Where are you reading that from? <laughs> no, I just remember it. Oh, well done. But because um, Alex has now found uh, Yahoo auctions. Uh oh. He's clearing out Japan's auctions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be over there before long, knowing him. Yeah. Yeah, I know he went to Belgium to pick his sheriff up, but um, travelling across in his little van to Japan might be a bit of a no-go. Yeah. <laughs> and there is another interview, actually. John Studley's done one for Replay. Yeah, um, Pack from the Dead. Yeah, it's about his how he's restored the uh, his Pac-Man from 2009 mm-hmm. and how he's still going, you know, he's going to go for the record and... Uh, and uh, be one of the elite seven, is it six or seven people that can get a perfect Pac-Man? He's elite already, are John. Yeah. And is, is that his um, cabaret machine or his, his other pack? He's, he's got two. He bought a pack off of Ollie, a really nice um, licensed one that I helped out do the joystick on. It's 2009 he got it. It might be his cabaret, which is absolutely immaculate. He takes it to the shows because he can just pop it in the back of his car. Uh, that's it, yeah, it yeah. is that. Thing, it's yeah. immaculate. It's a really nice machine. Yeah, um, another link, the EAG show, which is, um, I'm just loading it up now, Amusement and Leisure Show. Yeah. 13th to 15th of January, London Exhibition Centre. I'm not sure how much of that is going to be arcade Yeah, it's, bit- it's all new stuff, I think. And I think you've got to be, not invited, but you've got to have links in the, the trade to get in there, I think. Um, all right. I think I can get in there. I think I know some people who can go into that, but I'm not sure... How interesting it'd be to us. Cause I think it is all new stuff, you know, redemption machines and you know leisure stuff. Obviously, yeah. pay tickety things and things. I think. And um, one more link. I found this really interesting uh, video to me about the making of the Walking Dead pinball. Oh, you're really into that show, aren't you? Uh, oh, I love the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. It's, it's one of my favourites. After Breaking Bad, because I look like Walter White. You certainly do. Yeah, I've not managed to cook any meth yet, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, don't try that. You must no. be annoyed when you mess the pans up. I could get arrested a bit, yeah. Mm. Um, it's got three and a half thousand parts. Oh, my Lord. Half a mile of cabling. Whoa. I know, have you ever seen in, inside the pinball underneath the, the play field? I have now, yeah, after oh, watching that. Oh, my Lord. They're really complicated, aren't they? I want to wire that up or rewire that. I know the arcade games with the the green boards with the black bobbly bits on. I've got nothing on these bad Absolutely boys. Absolutely nothing. No. Them them chips and fish and whatever goes on the board. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that might be it for the news. Yeah, that pinball looks really nice as well. There's a lot of uh, these up and coming pinballs coming out, which I I really approve of. Love it. Mm, yeah. Okay, that's that's the news done. Let's go on to Christmas pickups. On my notes here, not had my Coleco flashback yet. That's a lie, because I went into work to do some bits on the death race, and it was waiting for me, which is a oh, nice little good. thing after Christmas. So thank you, Paul Nermanent, for sending that to me, because he, he's my little contact in America. And um, I've been playing it. It's got 61 games, because he got me the limited edition Dollar General version, which has got the extra one game on it, which is like yeah. a, 
a little penguin racing game where you've got to run up the screen and jump over stuff. It's really fun. <laughs> um, I've been playing some of the games, and there's not many arcade games in there, unfortunately. There's a lot of originals on there because I don't think they had licenses, but Frenzy is on there. And you know we don't oh, yeah. normally like Frenzy. Mm. I like it on the ColecoVision. It's a little bit different. The animations are slightly different. It hasn't got the, hasn't got the speech, and the game seems a little bit easier to play. It's not quite as harsh as the original Frenzy, which is rock hard. Yeah. And it's a really good little game. I think there's Bounty Bob uh, or Minor 2049 are on there, Monty Zuma's Revenge, all good games that should have been in the arcade, all very similar to arcade games. Very, very simple. And the machine itself is tiny. It weighs nothing. I think it's just got air in it, yeah. Ele- electronic <laughs> air inside. Yeah. And the controllers, everyone moans about the controllers because they look like in television controllers, like telephones. Yeah. They've got this horrible nub on them. But I don't think it's that bad. I'm looking on the positive side. I, I worked quite well with it. I didn't die for any reason, but I did. But not because of the joystick. I wasn't blaming the joystick yet. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, Paul. That's been really good. I haven't Excellent. had my goodie box and the broken token guys, which I've got to open on air. So hopefully the next time we speak on air, yeah, it'll be here. I'm quite intrigued what they put in that box. Actually, <laughs> um, uh, I have ordered uh, six meters of black tea molding for the Death Race as well from Arcade yeah. World UK, which are really good UK suppliers. Uh, not the cheapest but certainly the quickest in the UK and certainly yeah. the best ones. If you order something, it might be a little bit more expensive, but it will arrive soon, very soon. And they're, they're top people. The guy who runs it, Andy, is a really good guy. So I'll put a link for the show notes for that. People need to get some stuff in the UK and they don't want to wait weeks and weeks for it to come to America. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got for Christmas, I got a really nice arcade video games mug, which has got uh, all characters from video uh, console games and arcade games, which is pretty cool. Mother-in-law and father-in-law got me that. All of them, all the characters, every single one. It's a massive cut. How big su- is the mug? Well, it's in the back garden. Huge. <laughs> a lot of them. It's not a mug. It's a vat. Yes, it's a <laughs> reservoir. And I put coffee in it. It's great. I also got a Japanese Pac-Man T-shirt, which is actually got in Japanese Pac-Man, which is quite cool. I've never seen that one before. I think it's licensed as well. So it's quite a cool one. Oh wow. Uh, my Before Mario book turned up as well, which has got lots of Nintendo filthy pictures in it of cool Nintendo toys before Mario came about. Yeah. Uh, what else have I been getting? Uh, oh, I got myself a next-gen con- console. Oh, yeah, well done. What did you well, get? Well, almost next-gen console. I actually splashed out and paid for a PS3. A last-gen console. Last-gen console. That's new enough for me, I think you'll find. It's eight years old yeah. now, so just within my wheelhouse. <laughs> but I mainly bought it for retro reasons to play old PS1 games on it because there's a lot of PS1 games I think should have been in the arcade especially the 2D ones which version of the PS3 did you get because I don't think the later ones actually uh, yeah yeah the later all the, all the PS3s apparently play PS1 games it's some of them won't play PS2 games that's it yes the very early ones will play PS2 mm. but none of the that's right yeah. I've got a PS2 already so I'm okay with that there's some really good arcade conversions on the PS2 you know Cave yeah, I sold games mine. and stuff, and t- tower plan games, some really nice ones on there. I sold mine a couple of years ago on a PS2. I, d- I did um, have a bit of a collection, you know, I'm not a collector, I had a bit mm-hmm. of a collection of PS2 okay, games, yeah. but um, yeah, got rid of it. There's some real good ones, there's some gems on the PS2 actually. There's a game called mm. Clonoa, a really good um, platform game. That's a pretty cool game. But it's one of those mm. games you sort of spend hours on it. It's, it's, you could, it's addictive, you play it and play it and think, oh my god, it's two o'clock in the morning, better go to bed. Yeah. But um, I was so excited when I went on on the online. I was looking for some indie games because um, I like supporting the indie indie devs. 
and I found Geometry Wars 3 I didn't even know existed. I knew Geometry Wars 2 was a reason I bought an Xbox 360. Yeah. And Geometry Wars 3 is out. I, I didn't even think about it, but I just bang, bought, gone. Thank you yeah. very much, downloaded. And it's really, really good. It's really good. Have you got a PS3? Yeah, I'll tell you what's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called Gravity Wars. It's kind of like a cross between Asteroids and Thrust. I'm having that. The old Commodore 64 game. I've got to go. See ya. <laughs> and you can download that now. And there's t- there's two different control methods. There's like a newer one, and then there's like the old asteroid style, you know, uh, spin left, spin right, thrust oh, and fire. Awesome. And it is a very it's, it's old actually. It's like four or five years old, but it's a very good game. That's not old. Uh, sorry, I keep saying <laughs> it's that. On. On. It's getting on. It's another one. New. Another one I saw, and I didn't. I, I ran, didn't walk straight to it, and bought it. Was the HD remake of the old Mega Drive game, Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion. It's yeah, one of the yeah. most beautiful games. I sincerely say beautiful on the Mega Drive. It is the, the sound is awesome. The graphics are brilliant. Not really into Disney myself, but this game is absolutely amazing. And the 3D-ish remake of it I got is amazing. I remember the, the frustrating jumps you do and, and some of the, the bosses are, are done in a slightly different way. They're, they're original, but they've done them slightly different. And it works really, really well. Really cool. It was only about three fifty as well. I want a lot of money. Yeah. Really, really good. Did you ever play Aladdin on the Mega Drive? I did and loved it. That's another one with uh, absolutely outstanding graphics for yeah. the for the machine. It reminded me of um, Shiny Games. I think they did Earthworm Jim with the animation. Yeah. Really, really nice fluid animation on that. Excellent. Yeah. But uh, another thing I found with the next John's next John. <laughs> next John, our next John, next gen systems is the flipping waiting around for stuff. You know, like mm. I said about waiting for videos to finish on games, this really, really grits my poop. It's, <laughs> it was what? It grits my poop. It's a UK saying. It's like you, you go to you buy a game, you download it, it takes a few minutes to download, no problem at all with that. And you go to play it, installing. Okay, you wait a few more mm. minutes. And you've just downloaded this, remember? It's yeah. brand new to you. Yeah. Downloading the update. update. What do you mean downloading yeah. that update? Why didn't you update before you sent it to me? So you've got to wait again. You yeah. know what? My Donkey Kong Jr. has never has a screen up saying, please wait updating Donkey Kong Jr. Never. You turn it on, bosh, it's there. Put a coin in, play your game. Yeah. I think after after the GameCubes and the PS2s, all this updating stuff, even, even stuff, yeah. I still use a PS3 for Netflix, and even that updates... Really? Why do you need to update Netflix and iPlayer and stuff like that? It's bothersome, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I don't. That's the only thing I don't like about, it, and that's probably why I've kept off it for so long. And the idea of of downloading something and having it and not having a physical copy. Yeah. I like to have a physical copy, even if it's just a case of you've got it and you popped it in a drawer. So if you yes. ever lose it, you just got it to take back, and it's never going to degrade. Well, yeah. I say never. <laughs> you know, I've also got um, I had two switching power supplies. Which the broken token guys were called Power Supplies. <laughs> uh, they came. I bought them because I was, I was running out of power supplies. This is the uh, the switching unit. You put two forty volts in. It gives you the voltages out for your game boards: twelve volts, five volts, minus five volts, and grounds. And I bought that for the new power supply, making up for Death Race because it's going to be a bit more um, robust, I think. And, I, and the old one wasn't working. I just don't. I just want to leave that alone. I think and just do a new thing. So I've got two of those from a company. Oh, it's one of the guys from Arcade Otaku and, and some of the forums we go on who started up this little business, an online business called Arcade Japan. And yeah. top quality, all brand new stuff, all in sealed, wrapped up. Uh, 
cheap as well, actually. Really good prices. Came in about two or three days. Second class post. Really, really quick. Couldn't believe it. Really well wrapped. Very, very pleased. Oh, A link good. of his is going on the show notes. We approve. <laughs> um, the only pickup I've got is my confiscated Tetris light, I'm afraid. It's gone. You're not yeah. having that back. No. So I'm going to steal someone else's pickup because it's relevant to our last podcast. Okay, do that. Um, he'll never know. Edward Jr. Edward Jr. got a food fight and it looks in decent condition. Ooh. You know, we're talking about the art of side art and that. Um, yes, it's a beautiful food. thing. So that is a, an amazing pickup. Um, he's put a few photos on and yeah, it looks really good condition. The side art anyway in that. Do you know if this was Sean's old food fight from the barn? Because that was really nice condition as well. No idea. There's not many about, so it's got to be one of a few that we know of. Mm. Um, talking about food fight, actually, this brings me on to something else I remembered. When I was talking to the Broken Token guys, they were when I was listening to the podcast, I tweeted them straight afterwards. Obviously, they're a t- completely different time zone over there, and it was recorded ages ago. And they were talking about um, a thing called a gimbal inside a food fight joystick. So a food fight joystick is an analog joystick. And it's particularly um, special to that game. And you can't play it as well without it on, on MAME and stuff. And there's some parts in it called gimbals. They're like sort of um, sliders yeah. um, inside with a threaded part. And they go on a, on a D-shaped rod and they slide about um, to do the analog thing. If you know what I'm talking about with an analog joystick, you'll know in your mind what I'm on about. I'm not describing it that well. But anyway, these parts, over years, they just wore themselves through. Because it's a metal piece run inside a plastic piece. And it just wore the plastic away. And I, I remade some uh, brand new gimbals out of um, black nylon at work. So I, I work with m- m- materials and, and I can mill and turn and stuff. And I mm. made some for Sean's food fight because this was badly, really sloppy joystick. It, it made the game rubbish. And I made some brand new ones from it. It just instantly brought the game back to life. You could just play it properly. And I think another guy I sent some to, he, he, he found out and said, oh, I've got a food fight. Would you mind making me some? I'll pay. I said, no, 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 have them. Have them. I made a load of them. You know, because when, when you've got a run on a, a CNC machine, you put one job in, press the button, five minutes later it comes out, you can just pop a few more in. So I always make spares. Always, always, always make spares. It's yeah. mad not to. The piece of plastic's worth nothing, so I might as well just bang a few in and, and do some through, you know, someone else might want one one day. And I, I don't really charge for that sort of thing unless it's a special thing. And um, the t- I said to the Broken Token, goes, oh, I made some of those years ago. Shall I see if I've got any more? And they got all excited. Oh, can I buy some <laughs> off you? And I said, no, you can't buy any off me. You can have some for free or not at all. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to work them out later on and, and send them to those guys. Uh, another one, uh, I've had a reverse pickup. Yes. I sold one of my Dino King cabs to make room for death race parts that are all strewn around the garage at the moment. Yeah. Hasn't made much difference, really. It's not. I think there's a... There's a control panel in the way where the, death, de- where the uh, Diner King was before. Uh, Silver Fox 0786 on the UK VAC forum. I met him, nice guy. Uh, he bought it from me, and he's got, uh, he's got plans for it. And I know yeah. what they are, but I'm not allowed to say. Is he going to turn it into a, a Dino King? That'd be good. No. No, oh. don't ever do that. They're rubbish. <laughs> They're only good for turning into little games. I know what he's going to do with it, and it's going to be really cute. That's all I'll say. Let's get on to some feedback. Uh, WTG Bob, regular listener, uh, regular contributor as well. Just in time for Christmas. Have a good one, both of you. Onwards and upwards for the podcast next year. This episode is the year's anniversary, as we well know. Yeah. <sighs> Should we do something special? Nah. What, for next one? Maybe. Mm. Well, if people want to uh, 
write in and tell us what they have been like and what their favourite one is through the year. That'd be quite nice. We'd yeah, like we to hear do, that. We could do something. Couldn't we tow a plan, maybe? Oh, yeah. You've been <laughs> wanting to do that for a while. Have you Have you found some things out about tow a plan? I have a bit, yeah. Uh, well, maybe then. We'll talk about that later on. But yeah, yeah. There, there is a special coming, people. There is a, uh, a manufacturer special coming because he wants to do it. <laughs> he loves a t- he loves a tower plan, so he will do something to do with tower plan before long. Uh, Zappy and Alpha One, uh, they didn't have time to listen to us straight away when they downloaded. How dare they! But I presume they had Christmas stuff going on, so that's okay. Yeah. Hopefully, they listen to us by now. Yeah, uh, my friend Hitesh uh, got it now via iTunes. He had a problem finding it on iTunes. I think um, iTunes had a bit of a delay over Christmas because loads of people p- p- trying to pop a a podcast up before Christmas, like Christmas specials, and he said it was a bit of a, a wait, but he's got it now, so he's okay. Yeah. Uh, and he's also put on there, uh, this is from Hitesh, thank you, thank you to all the effort you've put in uh, giving us entertainment information. Much appreciated and enjoyed. You're very welcome, Hitesh. Uh, he's just had his third pony carcass powder-coated and painted. This is not a dead pony. This is mm. a Japanese arcade machine, similar to the two I've got in my garage. Hitesh has got two. I think he bought another two, you know. I think wow. he's got four now, and he's just doing them up. He's, he's got two absolutely immaculate white ponies, because they're normally grey, and he's had them done white, powder coat painted, and he's made a really good job of them, and he's on his third one now. Ah, that's good. When I get five minutes to scratch my bottom, uh, not doing Death Race stuff and, and Mario Brothers things and other things I keep getting myself into, I'm going to strip mine up, send them to the same place as Tesh, and get mine done. But it's one of those things where... I haven't got room to take a great big metal arcade cab apart and store parts, yeah. so it's just a matter of weight, I think. Um, Alpha One and a few others on the UK VAC talking about... We are talking about girl collectors, weren't we? We were, Fe- yeah. Female arcade collectors, and they mentioned Van Burnham in the USA. Yes, I have heard of Van Burnham before. She wrote a book, Supercade, and I've got yeah. that. It's pretty good. And I think her arcade's called Supercade as well. She's got her own arcade. Yeah, I think so. Oh, the it looks thing. like it. The Facebook page looks like it because um, she provided, or the Supercade Arcade provided, the cabs for that Big Bang Theory episode that we oh, saw. Oh, it was her, was it? Those lovely-looking cabs in that yeah. sh- in that like five-minute clip were Supercade cabs. Ah, oh, okay, brilliant. Yeah, I like hearing these things. Excellent. Uh, on the the flip side of uh, female users. I've had Elena from Russia send oh, in a, nice. a yeah, very nice uh, an email to the Tenpence Arcade email. I live in Ekaterinburg and have a dream like many other girls. Oh, it's got to be arcade related, isn't it? Yeah. I want to find my love and live a wonderful life together. Okay. She left her profile, but I didn't look at it because it didn't have arcade in the title. Yeah. So thanks for that, Elena. Um, get on to playing some Space Invaders, and then we'll talk. <laughs> I mate Olga and Patty have also been on, but I'd ignored that. Yeah, I think, I think they've got the wrong end of the stick about this podcast, haven't they? Uh, right, Darth Nuno. He says, really great. The show is getting better each time. He needs to hear it in a quiet environment um, to fully understand what we're saying. Yeah. Um, because he's uh, learning still the English language. Is, um, you know, trying to listen to our accents. Oh, poor Your lad. accent. Poor lad. Yeah. Eop, lad. Uh, what else has he put? Yeah, I really appreciate the great sound quality overall. Um, the fact that you are speaking slowly and clearly. Mm-hmm. We sometimes ramble on a bit, but we try and yes, do that, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. We do ramble a bit. Um, he's checked out Pulsar. 
mm-hmm. and he says it's not one he'd go for for a long time yeah. but if it's something that you've got a special connection with back in the day like yourself yeah yeah um it'd be good and he said congratulations to you vic on the finally arrived death race yeah and of course congratulations for alex on his sheriff the amazing cocktail version he's got a lot of mentions this podcast hasn't yeah, he yeah he's not even on it anymore keeps infringing yeah. <laughs> well talking about uh, darth noon that's bruno who runs the Dragon's Lair fans forum. Uh, I don't know. He says it really. He, he practices his English. His English is fluent. Yeah. He speaks a lot more Ill English than I speak Belgian, put it that way. Well, yeah. These guys who, who are multilingual, I'm really jealous of them. I wish I knew other languages. I really, really do. And I'm quite jealous. And they always say, oh, no, my English is rubbish. It's the same as um, Hannes, who came on. He was saying, oh, my, my English isn't very good. Yes, it is. It's brilliant. <laughs> Leave it. Yeah. And he, oh, it's just, oh, I'm quite jealous. So don't worry, Bruno and, and Hannes, your English is perfect, honestly. And we want some more uh, feedback from other European users and around the world, not just UK guys. Please get on to us. We're interested in, to hear what you did in the arcades and what you do now in your country. Very interested. Yes. Uh, RVG podcast are enjoying our podcast and do a good job of their own. I've listened to a few of their podcasts. Uh, they've done. Um, they've only done a few so far. They're quite new, uh, and they do all sorts of stuff to do with retro video games. They've done um, the last one I listened to. I'm not sure if the new one's out. I have to get it if it is for work. Um, they did one on video game related films. Yeah. And as you know, a lot of retro video game films are terrible. And I mm-hmm. think they liked some of them, which is you know that's fair enough. But I mean, I think that I'm a bit of a, a film snob, and I, I, the only ones I like are the. Uh, uh, there's the Street Fighter 2 animated ones. There's two or three, I think, animated ones. And they're quite good because it, you know, it looks like you're watching a game, but there's a story. Yeah. It's, it's, it's animated and it's really good. But a lot of the films I've seen, like the Mortal Kombat ones and the, and the, the, um, the live-action Street Fighter, absolute travesties of film. They're terrible. Really Mortal, bad. Mortal Kombat, they, they weren't that bad. Did you Mortal Kombat! It was just yeah, a bit of popcorn fighting oh, I can't, thing. I can't be dealing with those. I think I watched all three of the cinema as well. Did you? <laughs> yes. oh, the, the best thing about Mortal Kombat is it's got a character called Raiden in it. That's what I think. Yeah, we like that. Oh, 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 Raiden 4 is on yes. sale on the PlayStation 3 network as well. It's like eight quid. I might just splash out a whole eight pounds on that and buy it. Wow. I've got it on the, um, on the Xbox 360, but I'll probably sell my Xbox 360 soon because I haven't used it for yonks. I was speaking to Charlie Farr last night, and he said he was enjoying playing Pulsar, uh, but he eventually realised he was actually playing Foson instead of Pulsar <laughs> when he was, like, circling. It's kind of like a kicks kind of thing, I remember, is it, where you've got to circle around stuff? I've never played Foson. Hmm. I have heard the name before somewhere, but I've not played it. Is it a Namco thing? I don't know, actually. Yeah, so he, he was um, trying to get into the uh, Pulsar gaming to give it a go, but was playing Foson. Hmm. Uh, one last thing for the feedback, and we haven't heard back from da- Dana yet in America. You know that the, the, we think is a female uh, arcade yes. user? Well, yeah. hope, maybe she hasn't listened to the podcast because it's been over the Christmas holidays, which is fair enough. I've, I've been trying to catch up with mine. But Dana, when you hear it and hear it again, please get in contact. We're interested to see what your uh, arcade is about or your yes. arcade um, interests. Yeah. Okay, let's get on to do some shout-outs. Right, firstly for me, uh, I don't want to miss anyone out if I can help it. All the people who've been helping me with my early death race restoration so far, I certainly need the help. 
I really don't want to mess this up because it's uh, hard bits to find for, and I don't want to mess it up. So we're talking about Broken Token Guys for putting on to Carey from the Place Retro Arcade. There's a guy called Zinfer on Clov who's got a, a big blog about how he, he's been restoring his and a really good job of it. Uh, the guy Luke Magneto from the Macca Forum. Uh, also, um, massive big ups and other nice things that the kids say to Martin, <laughs> aka Smarty on UK Vac, for helping me yesterday and show me things around his, his awesome little arcade. It's quite a small little arcade. It's expanding and it's filled to the brim with beautiful cabinets. Uh, Something yeah. you'd like in there, mate. He's got a pole position. Yeah. He's got a hang on with the, the handlebars, an upright hang on. Yeah. He had a centipede, which had a gun, which was really nice control. It was really smooth. He had yeah. a tempest next to it, the same shape. It looked awesome next to it. A tenpence? Tenpence? No, tempest. Oh, tempest. Wow. Almost as good as a tenpence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had a pack land uh, jammer cab, a little electrical in MIDI, which was mint. He had a fire truck, which is an awesome black and what we talked about earlier. Yeah. And his, um, his aeroplane game, the Jet Fighter. I keep wanting to call it biplane. It's Jet Fighter, which had a go on as well. Uh, yeah, he's got some really super looking cabs, and they're all perfectly working as well. Even the pole position was still working. Can't believe it. Wow. Oh, yeah, Paul Nermanen, aka Nermix from the Intellivisionaries podcast, for getting the Coleco flashback to me. And especially for finding me the limited edition Dollar General one, which yeah. is the one with the extra game on, which I'm, I was going to ask for and I forgot to ask. I thought, oh no, you know, he's going to get me the, the normal one. But this one's got this one extra game. And the one extra game is actually quite good. I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, shout out for the RVG podcast, guys. Go listen to their uh, podcast, another UK based podcast. Um, the subject being everything retro games related. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to the Zachariah Facebook page and forum, which is run by Dave Otto. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up to Arcade Club tonight for a good game. Yep. Um, he's provided, well, the forum has provided me with the Bezel Art 4 Eyes, which which is the new podcast graphic, some of it. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, a guy called Spin Hacker from the mm-hmm. DLF forum, he actually vectorized the Eyes uh, Bezel Art. So I've actually used that. Yeah, it's art, new, artistry wizardry, I call it. In the new podcast graphics, so uh, thanks to them. Uh-huh. And if we can put a link to the Zachariah Forum, and he, uh, Dave Otto runs another one, the Atari uh, 2600, 5200, 7800 oh, Forum really? as well. Oh, I'll have to look at that. Yeah. He's a busy lad. Yeah, the yeah. Zachariah one has, like, um, post threads organised by game. Oh, which I didn't realise. I, I could have gone into eyes and look, looked at all these photos, but I've been asking on the uh, Facebook page. Anyone got any pictures of eyes that I can look at? And they're not all just there. any old eyes either. Uh, no, eyes? proper Italian Zach eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's well. Definitely put some uh, links on the show notes for that because um, I was looking on Dave Zakaria, Zakaria, Zakaria. What is it? I don't know. On his page, really good little page, and I've seen loads of our um, advertising on there. I'm not sure if that's you or him putting on there, but thank you very much, Dave. No, it is uh, him. Yeah. So glad to return the favour there. Yeah, and one final shout out to mm-hmm. Fuzzy last night for helping me finally get over a hundred thousand on Robotron. He's so good at it. He's giving me a few little tips, mm, noob, and. Um, I managed to get about 130-ish, but he's up, he's, he can easily get to 400. I don't know what his record is. Yeah, I, I can get just over 100,000 if I practice a little bit. I'm probably about the same yeah. as you at it. And, and Alex, when he had his uh, Robotron table, he could get about 400,000. I think the more you play that game, you do get used to it. And, but it's mad. It's a frantic game. Yeah, it, uh, it's a definitely reactions one, isn't it? Also, Def- at Arcade Club, you sent me a little message 
What was that score you got on us on um, Galaxian? Galaxian, yes, forty-two thousand nine hundred and eighty, which is nothing compared to Charlie Farr. Yeah, but it's my record. That is that is really impressive, bloke. Yeah, I, I can get about on on Greg Mott's, um, who's called Robot Greg, uh, on his uh, um, Galaxian. He's got, I think, some sort of uh, sub-electro uh, bootleg version in it. It's an original cab. It's got some weird Galaxian version in there. And it actually seemed a little bit easier, and it's my favourite version of the game. I don't know why. Maybe because yeah. it's easier or more playable, but I really enjoy that. And I think my best on there is about 29,000. Right. But talking 29,000, I've been playing my Cosmic Alien quite a lot, and I've got yeah. 29,480 now, which Ooh. is it beats uh, Matt Corn, also known as Witchfinder, his wife, and she's really good at it. And apparently, I've beaten her. Oh, that's a good score. Which is yeah. really good, but I'll never beat her Bank Panic because she's over a million on that. I'm up oh. about two hundred sixty thousand on Banku Paniku. I'm on. I think it's about two thirty. I'll have to check it out. Oh, you're snapping at my heels there, are you? Yeah, that, I really got into that after the No Quarter podcast. I thought, I'll have a look at that, and it is very um, interesting, isn't it? I really different, like Bank Panic. Different really kind like of game. It. Yeah, yeah, totally totally original, isn't it? I've never seen a game mm. like that with the three buttons where you shoot three times. Yeah. Totally original, love it. And just another quick talk in the high scores, I finally beat Luke's, Luke Wells' score on um, OutZone. Oh, yeah? I've got, got 700,000. Wow. Are you close to completing the game? Do you know how many levels there are for it? No. I'm, I don't know. I reckon I've got one beat before long, bloke. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, they're taking it out next week. Oh, no! And putting something else in, because it's a candy, so it's probably a, a gorgeous shooter going in or something. Can which they I... not take it out and bring it around to your house? <laughs> yeah. Just leave it there until you've finished playing it. <laughs> okay, let's get on to do some... What console, stroke, computer games should have been in the arcade? Yeah, I've got a few here from Dave Otto. You've got loads. Yeah, he's um, given us four to have a look at. Super Swiv. Oh, yeah, yeah, Super Swiv, yeah. Which is a helicopter, helicopter shooter, which is seems very good. Nice graphics, actually, on mm, that. Yeah, I did have a SNES, but I, I never played this, I don't think. Okay, we've got emulators to try that out. Yeah, Star Wing for the SNES. Yeah. Which was Star Fox, wasn't it? I think, I think they called it Star Wing in this country for some oh, okay, reason. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Marauder on the 2600, which is quite like Berserk. Oh, that um, sounds interesting. Never heard of that one before. A bit more like Frenzy, actually. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, decent game, that. Okay. And one of my all-time favourite shooters, River Raid, on the 2600. Yeah. I've, put- I've seen your comments here. How is it not in the arcade? Five question marks. Capitals. It's ace! Five exclamation marks. That's Dave's actually comment, that. I know. I agree. <laughs> I agree yeah. with him, though. Uh, yeah. I second that, because... Atari did use a lot of their 2600 franchises in the arcades, and obviously that was the other way around, where they had a game that was a hit in the arcade, and they converted it to the 2600 and put colour into it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like I said earlier, um, Martin's game Jetfire is basically the, the jet fighting bit of combat. You know combat, you've got tanks and planes. Yeah. It's basically that game. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's just, it just works. It really works, especially in an old black and white as well. You don't need colour. You don't need any other graphics. Just a couple of planes flying around, shooting each other. Brilliant. The more I think of that cartridge, that original packing cartridge, how did they get all that into 4K? They got basically the game Tank, Yeah. Jet Fighter. Yeah. And what else was there? I'm sure there was a couple more modes. 
I don't know what, I'll have to fire up the old Atari 2600 um, emulator. I've actually got a 2600 with, oh, have I still got it? I can't remember. I had one with a load of games on it. I'm sure Combat's got to be on there. That's a classic. Yeah. I really like Combat. So yeah, I'll have to do that. It was very good. Yeah, I've got one from Jake Smith. He says, Gunstar Heroes on the Mega Drive. Oh, that was a treasure game, wasn't it? It was a treasure. Yes, yep. it was they, an absolute they treasure. They knew how to make games, those people. Yeah, that would have been awesome in the arcade. That yeah, it's... I'm just reading up on it. I, I haven't played it a lot, to be honest. I've only played it on emulation. It looks really nice. And it's a, it's such a manic, fast thing where you can kill loads of guys. You can uh, skid along the floor. Um, guns, guns, guns. Tons of guns that can be apparently... Tons of guns. We- tons of guns. You've got four guns that can be combined in pairs to create an additional 10 weapons for a total of 14 guns. Wow. You're right into that already. You love shooting, don't you? Super big uh, baddies at the end of levels as well, yeah. Super big baddies. Is that the official spin on it, is it? Super <laughs> big baddies. Super big baddies from up north. Yeah, so that's them too. I've actually got a personal one. I've actually done a little bit of work for change. Oh, well done. And it's got, well, not much work. It's got to be Geometry Wars 3. I was playing last night. Absolute blast. If you, You've got to play it. Honestly, mate, go download it in a minute. It's brilliant. It's got yeah. all the modes from uh, the two-player version, which obviously might work in the arcade. If you had, you could choose between which ones you want to do. You've got the, the blasting mode where you've just got to survive as long as possible, and you've got the other modes where you do different things. You've got different yeah. objectives. But just the main one, what they've done to change it from Geometry Wars 2 to 3 is the playing field... You know, you sort of scroll a little bit left, right, up and down. You've got a slightly bigger than your screen play field. Yeah. What they've done is they've given you 3D play fields. So there might be one where you're on a sphere and you're travelling around the sphere. Or on there's one called Sausage Time. And you're on like a big, long sort of German sausage type shape thing. And you travel around that and you can spin around it. And it, it's, it blows your mind, honestly. Because you, you're trying to work out where you've got to shoot and keep out the way of things with your two sticks. But you've also got your spinning around an object as well. Rather like Mario Galaxy, if you yeah. think of it like that. And it is brilliant. It's so good. But as usual, in the arcade, it had to be special to, to make it different from the console versions. And if this could go on maybe a modern arcade system, like, uh, I don't know, for example, the Taito Type 2X, which is quite a powerful arcade system. And also maybe, I'm fantasy here, modern yeah. vector arcade graphics, you know, on, on a, a proper screen, on a proper CRT. Maybe say like a 33-inch CRT. I know they don't exist. But, I mean, yeah. imagine how cool that would be, all those colours going crazy with all the different colours on there and all the, the movements. And, and, you know, a computer powerful enough to run that as well. Because, you mean, you need a lot of processing power to, to send all that graphics and, and maths um, to the screen to do vectors. That would be absolutely brilliant. So if anyone could just quickly knock one of them up for me, I'd be yes. very pleased. Just quickly of, do it in your spare time. A couple of million pounds worth of research, and they're there, really, aren't they? Well, as long as I don't have to pay for it, it's cool. Yeah, excellent. You've got a conversion, have you, for me? Yeah, I've completely ignored the title of this section again. Yeah, you're good at that. And uh, I'm going for good conversions from the reverse, you see, from the arcade to the console. Okay. Uh, This one, Omega Race for the Commodore 64. It was a vector vector. game from Midway. Mm -hmm. Um, I had it on Commodore 64 cartridge, so because it was an instant load thing that you just banged in the back of the C64, I played it quite a lot. Oh, you posh thing, having cartridges on the Commodore. I never had a cartridge on the Commodore 64. I think I had international soccer as well. I think I only had two. Do you know what? I was in Weymouth the other day, and I walked down from where I used to live into town, and I walked past a little shop I'd never seen before, because there's always things popping up in Weymouth I haven't seen, because I haven't been there for five years now. And it was a little sort of retro shop. They sold records and uh, old clothes and tellies, 
you know, in sort of retro items. And they had a real Commodore 64 uh, 1541 disk drive, yeah. which I haven't seen for over 30 years. Yeah. And they also had a proper Commodore 64 monitor. I'm not talking the Amiga one, which I've got underneath me as a test monitor here. Mm. But the original Commodore 64 one, I'm not even sure what number it is. And they had some cartridges on top of it. They had like um, one that goes in the back that enables you to put three or four cartridges in together. I think one's for like a programming language, maybe like, you know, sort of a, a compiler maybe or something and some other bits and bobs in it. And I was quite surprised to see them. You don't see Commodore 64 stuff hardly ever now, especially cartridges. Yeah. I had cartridges on the VIC-20, a few of those, but never on the 64. Yeah, this place. Omega Race, it's a very good um, version. It's almost... Exactly the same. Have they done it with vectors or have they done it with flat? Um, no, they've done it with like the lines, haven't they? But um, oh, okay. the only thing, I think the thrust, there isn't any inertia. Once you thrust, you mm-hmm. carry on thrust and you don't slow down. Okay. You just bounce everywhere. But it seems to make a better game to me, that. Yeah, but back in the day, when they, when they brought an arcade game out on the co- computer and you could play it at home, that was just amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. Even though most of them were rubbish. <laughs> and have you seen the cabinet art for it? Oh, for a real Amiga, Amiga race. Yeah, especially on the upright. It it's is very, really very nice, isn't it's it? It's beautiful, it is. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All the way down to like the kick plate at the bottom. It is very, yeah. very good. Very, very good. Well, some people say that back in the day, because the games were quite simple and they didn't offer much, they had to draw you in. I mean, Alex used to yeah. say it's like you had to draw you in with the cabinet. So you walk in and go, oh, what's that colourful box in the corner? What's that? Oh, it's got a monkey on it. It's got this on it. The spaceships, you know, just shooting army men and just to bring you in and get you into the game and i totally believe that as well but then you sort of get immersed in the game but you'd see that whenever you saw that game somewhere you walk past you'd see it and remember what game you're playing you'd go and play you'd gravitate towards it i'll even get that nowadays when you walk into someone's arcade oh you've got one of those and yeah it was a big part of it wasn't it Mm -hmm. um another one uh, in, this is in honour of the PlayStation 1's 20th anniversary, which is all over the gaming media at the minute. It certainly is. It's a, um, the conversion of Ridge Racers that there was a launch game. Mm-hmm. It was, I wouldn't say perfect, but with the limitations of the PS1 hardware, just running at 33 megahertz, it is yeah. as good as you can get, I think. If you, if you play them both side by side, which I have done a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. um, you can tell the difference. Yeah. But it's very good for a home. People who hadn't, you know, just come out of the arcade a couple of weeks later, bought this, mm. they would have said, that is arcade perfect, that. Yeah, I, when I was looking on the PS3 networky thing store jobby the other night, looking for games to download and buy, I saw Ridge Race, I went, ooh, and I don't like racing games very much. Ridge Race is one I like. It's simple, it's, it's fun, it's fast. I might yeah. just get it, you know. Because you've got the analogue controller on, on the PlayStation 3 controller as well. It works better. Because I don't like playing games with, with digital controls. It doesn't really work. But analogue yeah. works really nice. So I might have to get that, you know, now you've said that. You've I'd get the follow-up. Up. I'd get Ridge Racer Revolution if I was you. I think there were more tracks. I don't care. PS1. I'm not quite sure. I want the original. Sure. I want the retro one. I want the old rubbish one that I like. Oh, no, it is. It, I think it came out uh, like a couple of years later on PS1. It's called Ridge Racer Revolution. Oh, okay. It's the one I actually uh, bought. The other one I've just sort of um, played at someone else's house, I think. I'll have a look for that then, mate. Yes. Right. We should have a musical interlude now because my Mac is about to die and I need the power supply.
that musical interlude was Jackal, apparently, from Konami in 1986. I've not heard that before. Yeah, it's a nice little tune, isn't it? Pretty it's, groovy. Yeah, it's, I've not really played the game much. I was just sort of searching for a nice tune. It looks like a commando in a, in a jeep kind yes, of a game. Yes, it does, yeah. I think yeah. you can get out and do stuff. I can't remember. I'll yeah. have a go of it. not doing my research mm. properly for music. <laughs> shall we get on to Game of the Week, old son? Yes, we shall, sir. Let's do Game of the Week. Uh, it's a game called Eyes by Rock Ola, which were a, um, a jukebox manufacturer, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but it was programmed by a company called Digitrex Techstar. Digitrex Techstar! Yeah. Or Digitrex Techstar! Like that name. I really like that name. Uh, it's a four-way, one-button game. And you got onto the way you switched your XRK to four-way, you clever monkey, you. Yeah. I think a lot of joysticks have got a four-eight way. Mm. Um, and I find that the stiffer joysticks are okay because you don't accidentally go diagonally. Yeah. But, um, if you've got a proper four eight-way gate, there's no physical way you can get a, a, a diagonal in there and, and muck yourself up. So yeah, you've got to have a four-way for these games. I think definitely a four-way. You can actually on this on this X arcade, you can actually force it to go eight-way, but you've really got to force it. So you're pretty safe with that, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, came out in 1982, and it obviously runs on Pac-Man hardware. If you look at the yeah. game, you'll see why. Um, yeah. Pac-Man hardware was just a Z80 computer, basically a simple Z80 computer. Um, and a lot of games worked on Pac-Man hardware, or could work with Pac-Man hardware. Yeah. Uh, as I said, Rock Ola were a jukebox manufacturer, a very famous jukebox manufacturer. And Rock Ola is the best name in the world, isn't it? Rock Ola. It's not bad. It's not oh, as okay. bad as Digitex Trickstar. Can't even, can't even say it. Do you know Pretty that I, I can't find any other reference to him as Digitrex Techstar, only as Techstar. Oh, okay, maybe they changed the name because they, they thought it was far too funky. <laughs> could could have done. People could have been um, keeling Dancing over in, in the, the streets. Dancing in the trying to find stuff. Yeah. Keeling over in the streets from too much funkiness. Too much funk. Absolutely. Yeah. I've done a little nerdy spreadsheet, as you can see on the notes. <laughs> I did notice your nerdy st- spreadsheet, actually. I, was, I got to thinking, before we start talking about the game, I've, I've never heard of this Techstar. I know I love Eyes, and I've always loved the game Eyes. Yeah, I haven't so I thought, either. So what other games did this funky Techstar do? And they only ever developed, from what I can find out, five games. Really? So, so you've, got, you've got Eyes, yeah, mm-hmm. you've got Macho Mouse, uh, which Good is a name. Nice. Do you like that? No, I just like the name of it. Oh. He's a mouse, <laughs> but he's incredibly macho. He struts up and down the beach. Probably. <laughs> He's, um, it's kind of like an Amidar where you've got to fill in sections of a maze. Oh, okay. I like Amidar. Uh, Amidar's a good with, game. With a few little extra bits in it, but it, it, it doesn't seem that great. Hmm. You've got Lizard Wizard, which is bonkers. Oh, That's another cool name, Lizard Wizard. I love it. It's bonkers. You, you're like a guy on a jetpack in the middle of the screen. There's a volcano underneath you. Yeah. And you're shooting dragons and stuff. And Where do the lizards and wizards come into the game? Hmm. I, it might not be a dragon, then it might actually be a flying lizard. A big lizard. Yeah. A lizard. Could be. Okay, what other ones have they done? Mr. TNT slash Gorkins, two versions of the same game, which is kind of a maze thing. You run along these lines, and you can only go along the lines once. Okay. And you've got to collect all the um, dots in a maze without running into the bad dudes. I've heard of Trib- that before somewhere. Yeah, Trivia Quest, oh, which boy. is 
a, a standard four-button quiz game. Yeah. And Demon. Demon. Yeah, what's about Demon? Oh, hang on, no, sorry. That is a Rockola game. I started looking at Rockola games after this. Because mm-hmm. they really only developed... I know they released other people's games. Yeah, yeah, they were more of a distributor, weren't they? Than, uh, yeah, they only developed four games themselves. And Demon is an interesting one because they use Cinematronics hardware, so it's a vector game. Yeah. Oh, right, and it, okay. And it's kind of an overhead thing, a bit like a cross between Warrior. Can you remember that Warrior yes, Vector yes, game? Yes, yes, I do, yeah. And Armor Attack, I would say. Oh, okay. There's, there's, like, obstacles in the way of the maze, and you're a little guy running around shooting. Did they put the obstacles actually on the screen overlay like they did with um, Armor Attack? Yeah. Because you've got to have the... They've got, they've got the stickers actually on the screen. If you don't have yeah. that, you can't see where the barriers are. They didn't well, physically these... put them on, on the, in the game. Mm-hmm. In emulation, these barriers are drawn in vectors, so you can actually see. Oh, okay, where they are. they've actually done properly because yeah. some of the main games, when I've played them before, like the the Warrior one, you don't know what's going on. It's, <laughs> hey, it's just two guys, but when you actually put the overlays on, you see what's going on. Oh, you can't go that way because there's a, there's a physical overlay on the screen. You shouldn't be going down there or whatever. You fall down a hole, or whatever it is. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they also did. Two more vector prototypes that was never released, QB3 and okay. Rocket Racer by Rockola, and they never released them. So I think they're messing around with the Cinematronics hardware, mm. but actually didn't get to final production. Real shame. Some of these games were actually finished. Yeah. And, and obviously they didn't, they didn't release them because they weren't making any money. They obviously put them out on field tests, and they weren't making money, or no one liked the game, or they didn't get into it. But nowadays, yeah. they don't have to make any money anymore. I wish they just... Well, you don't know who's even got the code anymore, but it'd be nice to see these games surfacing and being put in MAME or whatever. I think QB3 is in MAME. Okay, cool. But I don't think the other one is. I don't think Rocket Racer is. I'll have to check that out. Um, They also did Levers, which is a very strange platform game where you're on seesaws. Okay. And you've got to dodge the, the things falling from the top of the screen to collect all the items on the end of the seesaws. Yeah, I like seesaw games. They sound quite fun. Like it's a bit weird. And also they did Nibbler, which oh, is a classic, yeah. really, which is the only other one, I think, that's anywhere near as good as Eyes. Yeah, Nibbler's um, the one where the guy got a billion points on it, didn't he, on the marathon game. Yeah. Yeah, so that's quite famous recently because he did that not that long ago, didn't he? Yeah, and the last one, I think that they developed themselves is called Survival, which is kind of a a tank kind of game where you're in a maze and you've got to shoot everything in the maze. Sounds like Pulsar. I'm going to have to play that. And you've got an, a limited number of zaps, meaning bullets. Zaps. You're not actually in a maze. You're in like a, a room full of blocks and you've got to shoot the blocks. Okay. Some blocks are joined by lines, which I presume are walls, and you can shoot them. Sounds a bit like Pulsar, but... Pulsar evolved. Yeah, it's, even it's, it's not an older game. Good. It's not that good. And the only other thing I reckon, or oh, they did, they actually distributed Jump Bug. Oh yeah, okay. Which is quite a cool little jumping, shooting, car in skyscraper in game. Funny little game, but good. Yeah. And Warp and Warp or Warp Warp that uh, they licensed from Namco. Yeah. This is kind of, you're in the middle of the screen, you're shooting everything that's circling around the outside of you, like Sheriff. Mm-hmm. But on, it's a two-screen game. On the second screen, you've got a bomb, and you're in a maze, you press the bomb, run off, and then the bomb explodes in a cross section. Now, that reminds me of Bomberman. 
Yeah, it does sound like it. But way and before this, my man, surely. This is 1981, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who who stole who? Yeah. That concludes my nerdy um, review of Techstar and Rockola. Thank you very much. Goodbye. From, from your... Uh... <laughs> your nerdy your nerdy spreadsheet spreadsheet yeah it's, it's getting bigger this spreadsheet now your arcade spreadsheets are what legends are made of <laughs> let's go on to the game anyway it, uh, yes. as we said it's very like pac-man yeah. um, but instead of eating the items you've got to shoot them uh, which is good for you because you like shooting stuff oh yeah and as soon as you shot all the items on the screen that's the, com- the completion of the level and you change to the next level stopping mm. you doing this is uh, four bad eyes. You're an eye with a hat on. Don't ask me why. I don't know. There is no backstory for there this. There is none. All. It's just they thought what they did right. They had a basic game and they said, right, lads, what should we do for the graphics? Should we have little men running around shooting bad guys, you know, sort of army guys? No, no. Let's use an eye with a hat on with other <laughs> eyes following him. Yeah. Dave, Dave, put the hallucinogens down. Go and have a lie down. Come back yeah. when you're back normal. But no, they went with it. An eye with a hat on. Quite a cool hat, actually. Yeah. Rather like one that um, some Manchester bands would probably wear back in the 80s. Yes. And you've got these bad eyes. Bad eyes. Goodness sake. How do you, how do you describe a bad eye? I've got a bad eye. My left eye's quite bad. Yeah, not so good. Mm. These are mm. the bad eyes are chasing you. They can actually walk through you. Walk? How can an eye walk? They can float through you. What does an yeah. eye do? I don't know. The eyes know. move around. <laughs> simple yeah. as that and you can actually go through them and they won't kill you by running into them but they will shoot you if you're not careful and on the yes. later levels they shoot you a lot and you can shoot them but when you shoot them they they disappear for a few seconds and they respawn usually on two sides of the screen and then later on after level three you get a fifth eye chasing you and yes. that spawns at the top of the screen i don't know if you get any more than five eyes following you at once i think that's the man the maximum i got to anyway yeah, level it is. 77 that I got onto. Oh, well, well done, sir, yes. That may, that may be a lie. Um, but, yeah, that's all you do, really. There's no, there's no special bonus items in the middle, like Pac-Man. There's no, there's no fruits or whatever to collect. You just go through the maze, and when you move to the left or whatever, you will carry on moving to the left until you hit a wall, and then you'll stop. So it's like, like Pac-Man, Pac-Man, where you just yeah. keep going and keep going and keep going. And in the centre of the screen, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and it tells you what level you're on. I think there's eight levels, and it goes back to zero again, back to one. Yeah. It's a very, very simple game. There's not a lot to say about it, really. You, you shoot the... They look like ribbons in the first level, but they're sort of like flashy items, aren't they? Nothing special. Yeah. Uh, and the, obviously and obviously the, the eyes follow you, and the AI isn't... The AI, get it? AI. Is, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. The AI isn't very good, and you can actually control them. If they're coming towards you and there's a barrier in the way, you can go up and they'll follow you up, and you go down, they'll follow you down, trying to get to you, and sometimes even get stuck in one position. Yeah. And what I found is on the, the earlier levels, you can actually travel along and they can be behind you and they won't shoot for a little while, so you can get out of the way quickly. But yeah. on the later levels, as soon as you go in their eye line, get it? Get it? Yeah, they so will nice. shoot you straight away. So what you've got to do is wait for them to come across your eye line and then shoot them. So they can't quickly. turn around quickly yeah. and shoot you. So that's the idea. But that is a very simple idea. Okay, I can do that. I can do that easily. But putting into practice is a bit different. That's why I didn't get millions of points on it. It just gets so quick, doesn't it? And it gets um, very, very quick. And the, when you're trying to get the items around the outside of the screen, that's the danger point because that's where the eyes respawn when you've killed them. Yeah. So what I was doing is trying not to kill the, the, the bad eyes when you're getting the ones around the outside because you know you're safe going up that alley and nothing's going to spawn in front of you if they're all on the screen already. Yeah. That was my little tactic. But 
easier said than done again. It's one of these games where, very, very simple, but what they did is they made it playable. So these yeah. things seem simple. You think, oh, that's going to be boring, but it isn't. It's addictive because it makes you think, and you still can't do what you want to do easily. It it makes it quite skillful. You've got to be quite skillful to do it, and, and remember the rules. You know, you don't go up the side when there's the bad guys there, or you don't turn around a corner when one's coming towards you. And it's a bit weird. The scoring on it as well. I think you get ten, ten or fifty points for every second you're alive. So even if you're sat still doing nothing, you're getting points for it. Yeah, and the big points come in when you shoot the items. I think you start off at a thousand points per item you shoot. Yeah, and then it goes up two fifty per level. Yeah, so I think that it, it levels out at twenty seven fifty on level yeah. eight. Level eight, yeah. Mm. But if you shoot, what I try to do is, well, I was thinking, oh, I can point scab here. I'll leave one item on the screen near me, and I'll just hang around shooting the eyes. You know where they spawn and keep shooting, but you don't get many points for the eyes at all. And any, I think I don't. I don't know if you get any points for shooting the eyes. Yeah, you get. I think you get one hundred on level one, up to eight hundred on level eight. Yeah, so it's not really worth. It's worth doing the the levels quickly and getting to the high levels to get the points for the because there's many items on screen. It's about fifty or sixty items on the screen, isn't there? Yeah, because you can try and lead on the earlier levels. It's easier to it's easy to lead the eyes around, not shoot the eyes, collect all the items, move on to the next level. Yeah, definitely. But on the later levels, the eyes move so quick that you've got to shoot them or be shot. So they're yeah. always re- they're respawning every couple of seconds, and you, you just can't keep a track yeah. of which ones you've shot because all the eyes are the same color. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you sort of if you shoot, say you got two on the left hand side, and you shoot the bottom one, you know it's going to respawn in that bottom left hand position. Yeah. If you're close to it. But if it's if it's chasing you halfway around the screen, you're in the top right hand corner, you don't know when it's going to respawn. So by the time you've shot him and you go across the left hand side, he'll spawn in front of you. So you have yeah. to, and it's quite difficult to keep an eye on five of those things as well as trying to keep out the way they're firing. And also you, if you're going down a long alleyway and you can't move quickly left or right to get out of the way of a fire, you will get hit because the fire obviously moves faster than you do. You can't outrun it. Mm. And that's what makes the game playable, I think. Yeah, it's it seems simple, but um, it just gets frantic, doesn't it? It's, the, the, the level it starts off very easy. It's not sort of like it doesn't give you quite hand on a plate, but nearly the first level is very simple. Yeah, and you get like twenty thousand points, and by the end of level two, you should have at least fifty thousand points, and you get an extra life every single fifty thousand points you get. Yeah, which is good for marathon games, I suppose. Yeah, some I don't know. Some guy's supposed to have got twenty three million. Um, I don't know how he's done that. He's either patterned it, which I, I did try to pattern it, but I, you just—I don't think you can. I can't. No, I couldn't either. I, I don't really go for patterns. I'm not that. Mm. I don't. My, my brain doesn't think that way. I just try and do my best. But um, that guy is now the second best in the world at it. Is he? <laughs> Have you written a program that plays it then? No, oh. I don't even think I could do that. To be honest with you, <laughs> let alone play it that well. Uh, you found a game that's very, very similar to it as well, haven't you? A game called Egor. Yeah, Egor by Telco. Who the heck are Telco? Never heard of them before. I don't know, but they did the Mr. TNT game that yeah. Techstar made. Telco licensed it, so they, oh, there's got to okay. be some link there. Hand in hand going on there. Yeah, and it's the same. It's it's obviously the same game engine, but it's... It's exactly the same. It's All the they've s- done it, is change the graphics on it. Because I'd look on YouTube and I thought... This Change of exactly graphics, the same, yeah. but also their level one starts with the five bad guys, and the bad yeah. guy, you are. Um, it's a really, it's even weirder than eyes. You are a, a half-born chicken. 
So you're basically still in the egg, but you've got feet hanging at the bottom, and the top of the cracked egg is your head, your little chicken. Yes. And you've got to shoot other eggs. That's a bit weird, isn't it? And the things that are following you look like hedgehogs to me. I thought they were penguins. Ah. Because penguins are obviously the natural enemy of a chicken. <laughs> I, just, I just pulled a really odd-looking, confused face then. I know people wouldn't Pedge. see it, but they just imagine me going, mm? It's a bit weird. Hedge hens. Hedge hens. Hedge hens. Yeah. Mm. Hen hogs. Mm, that's better. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it's just as weird. But it's obviously just a graphic change. They've either nicked the game and just changed the graphics or what, I don't know. But I think, the, I think even the mazes are the same. Uh, so I think it's it, is it not similar. slightly different. Yeah, slightly it, different. It might be, but the game is obviously... It even uses the same sound. So it's just the game yeah. nicked it and changed a few things, maybe for uh, yeah. copyright purposes or whatever. Yeah, so what did you think of the, the actual graphics and the sounds themselves, I think? Very, very simple. But mm-hmm. the game was, what, 1982, was it? Yeah. Uh, very simple, but I like the simple stuff. I mean, I like Pulsar. A mm-hmm. couple of tanks, a couple of bad guys running around. This is just a couple of eyes, a maze, and an eye with a hat on. Yes. And I like the, the fact that the eight different levels, the, um, the items you're trying to shoot to, to collect changed. And they were all yeah. animated. So the screen was quite blinky when you started until you got rid of a lot of them. Also, the play, when you're playing the game as well, when you shoot the... Um, shoot the items you shoot one and your 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 shot will disappear and you shoot again and you keep shooting them but the bad guys when they shoot at you their their fire goes through the items so if you've got a a line of items in the way of a bad guy and he shoots through you his bullets will get to you before yours get to his because you're yes. trying to shoot the items out of the way so yeah. what i tried to do is clear paths yeah I so did. i can shoot the things rather than hitting my items all the time and them shooting me which is a bit it's unfair but it's a game mechanic. It's always like the game would be easy, wouldn't it? Yeah. But yeah, that was one of the things I noticed on it. Um, and if you get caught in the long alleyways and you can't go left or right, you will get hit by an enemy fire. So don't let them face you. Always shoot them before mm. they can turn around and shoot you because they are swines for that. You've got a bit of leeway in the earlier levels. You've perhaps got a second before you before they fire. Yeah, you? they're quite lenient with their fire and you, you can get out of the way of it pretty quick when they're at the lower levels because they don't move so quickly. But they do tend to... Um, swarm round you at the later levels, I thought, mm. which makes it quite difficult. It does ramp up pretty quick, but not too quick to be impossible. I yeah, think. yeah, I love the sounds. It's kind of like a, like a, it sounds to me like an old computer sort of sound going off in the background, some kind of electronics. Yeah, yeah. It makes the game. It it, it reminds you the game's still on. It's not silent. <laughs> it, it's like Pac Man. You got the the wine in the background, but you don't mind it. You get used yeah. to it. It's not annoying. Yeah. Which is a fine line between being annoying, because uh, like the game uh, Lock and Chase, I was playing on the television a while ago, and the noise in the background is really, really irritating. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Pac-Man is a similar kind of sound, but you don't mind it; you get used to it. And the same with this one; you get used to it in the background. But I yeah. like I like the the sound effects are quite odd sounding, weren't they? Mm. Weird sounding sort of thing, sort of um, almost like synthesized, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's I, I like them. Yeah, very, very simple, but enjoyable. I think, especially for an early game. Yeah, nice colours as well. Each yeah, level is like like vibrant colours on each level. Yeah, the game's sort of... The graphics sort of reminded me of Tasmania a little bit. Yeah? They're quite colourful. And, and the bad guys, because mm. you've got eyes in, in Tasmania at one of the early levels, the eyes, the evil eyeballs are following you around. Mm. Bonus, uh, what, what, what improvements would you make to this game? Yeah, they could have popped a few more things in here. Obviously, back in the day, it was probably limitations. But I think a bonus item... Like in Pac-Man, mm-hmm. you know, or, or even Lock and Chase, or any of these other games, 
where something in the middle turns up. Um, maybe a fruit gives you 5,000 points or whatever, or maybe some special items um, like uh, a kill-all. So yeah. when, when you get it, it kills everything on the screen for five seconds, gives you a bit of leeway maybe. That would be um, good, that. Yeah. I think that would be quite a good one, wouldn't it? Or maybe, maybe you know, maybe get an extra life now and again. One just flashes up for two seconds in a certain part of the screen. If you can get to it, you get an extra life. Or different bad guys, even. They've, they've not gone to a lot of effort with the bad no, guys. No, they don't they? even change, do they? They're just no. the same all the time, same colours. Yeah, maybe... maybe I'd say another thing would be pretty good. Maybe one of them is slightly quicker than the others, who's a different colour. There is a... The one on the bottom right is the quickest moving. Have you not noticed that? Is he really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. I just... It's one of those games where I was looking at it and I was thinking, right, I must remember a few things for the podcast. I'm, you know, how many points you get when you're moving around, how many points you get when you kill a bad guy, how many points you get when you, you shoot a... But I couldn't because it was such a quick-moving game. <laughs> I wanted to... I didn't want to die. I just kept moving around. I was, if I look at that, I'm going to get killed by something. So it's, yeah. it, it held me, this game. It got me. It's one of those games that... One of the reasons I did the podcast, started the podcast in the first place, is to find little gems that you don't often play or never play before. And this is one of them. It's one of the yeah. games. I think Hitesh um, voted for this a little while ago as well. He likes it. I oh, know yeah. you like oh, the game. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably why it was on the list. And I'd never really heard of it before, never played it. I don't really like it. Mm, quite like I it. Did. So if you beat my score, and I, did, I think I did respectable on this game, yes. uh, which I didn't. I didn't think I was respectable on uh, Rygar. I thought it was rubbish on that. I yeah. didn't do too well on... I did. I thought I did okay on Rygar, but you're good at the shoot, so you beat me on that one. And what was the other one we, we did? Um, Star Force. You thrashed me on that, and I thought I did really well, which is a bit of a bummer. But this <laughs> one, I've done quite well, and even if you beat me, I'm not going to be that bothered because I really enjoyed it. I thought I got a respectable score, and I will go back to it, I think. I think I did all right. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, should we talk about the artwork? Because the, yes. the standard Rockola artwork is a bit pants. Oh, God, it? it's boring. It's a really dull white cab with Rockola in blue at the top and just meh, dull. Yeah. So, and just eyes, a couple of cartoon eyes drawn at the top in the, and then a sort of a Comic Sans font. Yeah, it's not quite Comic Sans font because if it was, I'd destroy it. I'd <laughs> seek them out and destroy them with fire. <laughs> but I like the dozy looking eyes. They're sort of like half closed, dopey eyes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But you found the Zakaria version, the Zachariah version, didn't you? Yeah, that's it's gorgeous. All um, Zachariah games, or Zakaria, whatever you call it, the cabinets are all really funky, aren't they? Real funky seventies looking things. Yeah, the um, marquee, the bezel, and the control panel are all splashed with colour. Two massive eyes above the above the round porthole window Evil that you can eyes. look in look into the game yeah um the side art apparently is a one of the de- default zachariah patterns called yeah. star splash oh yeah, yeah i know that one and it's that's that's nice enough on its own but yeah the it's just a great looking cab really well, nice that was the um what the zachariah called their generic in inverted brackets cab and it's yeah. just mad 70s stars and rockets and moons and stuff and it, it looks really really nice yeah the only thing I didn't like about Sakaria cabs, I've seen on all of them, is their buttons were really stiff. They had really strong springs in for some reason. Oh, right. But it's just a button change. It'd take you five minutes to change the buttons. It's some, yeah. some nice soft leafs. Right, I think then, shall we get on to the, um, the scores? Dirty, the dirty <laughs> admittance of our scores. Do you want to go first? Well, did you get to level eight? No, don't be silly. Did you get to level seven? No. 
No. No. I did. I got to level seven. Ah, but I might have got more points than you. I don't think Go I did, then. no, you said that. Right, I got forty seven million. Uh, that is damn good, sir. No, I didn't. I got two hundred and forty four thousand seven hundred and eighty, just shy of a quarter million. Three hundred and thirty eight thousand one hundred and eighty. Oh, you bummer you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good score, bloke. Oh, yeah, that's really good, actually. I, I found it, when I got to level five or six, perhaps, I found yeah. it quite difficult after that, because they just swarmed after you. But I did I did continue trying to play it and trying to get a better score. You beat me by quite a bit there, you monster. Well, you know when you said on Pulsar that you managed a couple of times to get to the following level and the, and the points just ramp up? Yes, they do, yeah. I managed to get to level seven. I think it was only three times. But yeah. by that time, you're getting two and a half thousand for every item you're shooting. Yeah, I noticed that. Trying to get the items rather than shooting. I thought, leave the bad guys alone because they're not really worth bothering about just to get them out of your way. And obviously, when they're alive on the screen, you can see where they are and they're not going to spawn underneath you. Because if they spawn underneath you on the later levels, they'll just shoot instantly and you're dead. So you, yes. it's almost like being, you know, they're coming up underneath you, like, you know, and it, you'd be dead straight away. So it's best to tr- leave them alone. But they, they follow you so fast, they try and corner you as well. And it's very difficult to get rid of them all in one go. Yeah, but so yeah. most of my scores were kind of 250,000-ish. And then yeah. I'd, I'd managed somehow, I'd get to level six with like four lives. Yeah, and you get and about 80,000 per level then, don't and you? And somehow managed to scrape it to level seven and then just shoot like mad and see what I could get. Yeah. And that will put me up into the 300,000s. I think I was sort of like, I would say I was three quarters the way you were. I was getting to level yeah. five and six, usually two hundred thousand ish, and then that time I got two hundred and forty four seven eighty. But all my scores in the high school table are nearly all two hundred thousand, all filled with VAC two hundred thousand ish, apart from that yeah. top one, which I was hoping I'd just I set myself a little limit. I thought right, if I can just just tweak quarter of a million, I'd be really happy with that. But I'm happy with that. I'm pretty good. In your face, sir. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I'll take that one on the chin. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> it was such a good game, I think. Very, very yeah. simple, but very, very enjoyable. Everyone should go and play it right yeah. now. Really good. So what? Let's do a bit of art of side art, shall we? Yes, this is a, this is one that I've found on the forum. Muerto. Oh, yes. Muerto. It's a black and white game. I love it already. And it's Canyon Bomber. He's put it on 20th of December as a pickup. It's a Canyon Bomber. Mm-hmm. It's an old Atari single-button game. So the, the control panel is okay. It's the rest of it that stands out. The, the full side art. Mm-hmm. You've got white, pink, orange, and yellow. Oh, uh, it's beautiful, yellow. isn't it? You've yeah, got little, you've, got, you've got some... Atari used to like using circles in their 70s artwork. On yeah. the top of the cab. It's a very, very um, sloping forwards cab, isn't it? Yeah. And it's black on the sides, and it's like pink, orange, and yellow. You know the old 70s kitchen colours? Yeah. Or Ford Anglia colours, I call them. <laughs> um, and there's a little guy in a sort of biplane dropping a pink bomb on a guy underneath him who's dropping another bomb on someone else. And he's in his little Zeppelin. It's really cute little graphics, little Atari signs all over their, their flying machines. Oh, how cool is that? And you've got this... A big canyon at the bottom, because it's, it's full side up from the bottom two inches of the cab to the very, very top of it. And they're dropping bombs, like pink and orange bombs, on these guys who are looking like really annoyed with their fists shaking at the bottom, these little army guys with helmets on. Uh, yeah, it's really, really nice. And the front of the game has got a really, really tall um, plastic bezel with canyon bomber on it, and it sort of slopes towards you. It's quite a tall cab by the looks of it. Yeah. And I think this game is just one button only. 
It is, yeah. It's very similar to a game called Blitzkrieg, Isle on the Vic-20. You have a plane that goes from right to left, I believe, flying along. And every time you, you fly a whole length of, um, of the screen, it goes down one. So you're going towards the canyon further and further. And yeah. what you've got to do is drop a bomb, and it, it, it clears out um, an area of the canyon so you can land your plane. So when you get down to the bottom, you, not, you don't crash into something. You've got to clear it out so, so you can land. Yeah. And it really reminds me of the game Blitzkrieg, which was one of the, one of the pack-in games I had on the VIC-20. But with that, it was like a city. You had to knock the skyscrapers down so you could land your plane. Very difficult to play. I think all of the um, early computers had a version of this because it must have been oh, yeah, yeah, so definitely. easy to program. I'm, I'm sure I had one or two of these things, yeah. Well, this one on the VIC-20, you could actually press control and break, whatever it was, and you could get into the basic. It was in basic. You could, <laughs> yeah. basic you could muck around with it. It was quite fun. Yeah. Oh, the cab is beautiful. And the marquee's really good with it, like the the word canyon exploding outwards kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. A little, it's kind of like a wacky bank. races kind of cartoon it style, does, isn't it? Yeah, that, that yeah. Atari seventies art is amazing. That that would look good if you get some stills from maybe the um, production of it. That'd be brilliant. You know, the the, the um, pencil drawings or whatever. Yeah. The game is just one button only. It's all it is. Yeah. You can just drop the bombs. It's really nice looking cabinet, isn't it? Really neat looking. It is very good. I find that some of these 70s cabs fare better than the 80s and 90s ones. Yeah, well... I mean, my, my Death Race is... It's got damage on it, but, I mean, the board still works. I think the monitor's going to work as well, you know, later on today. And this Canyon Bomber is like, what? what is it, a 75 game? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably, isn't it? 75, 76, yeah. Yeah, it's a late, mid to late 70s game, and it looks in pristine... I mean, it's, it's actually sat on a pallet still, so he's obviously done nothing to it so far. Yeah. It's a nice one, Muerto. Really good. Okay, uh, so that's that's uh, Canyon Bomber sorted. Can you tell me about some releases from this month in history? From back when? January? This is our penultimate section. It is. Uh, yeah, we're going back now. January um, 1995. Mm-hmm. Releases from arcade releases from this month in history Sega Rally Championship. Oh my lord! It says ninety four on the title screen apparently, but it's January ninety five. Yeah. Um, it was just an awesome driver, wasn't it? How much money did this thing make operators back in the day? I still see Sega Rallies and Sega Rally twos nowadays still working, paying yeah. for their living. So that must have made them fa- millions over the years for Sega. Yeah, I was playing a Sega Rally 3 in uh, Blackpool recently. I didn't know a 3 existed. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, that was an awesome game. And it started off, I think, what came after that, Daytona and all them kind of things. Yeah, they're all on the Saturn. And then I think the, the later versions come on the Dreamcast. Really cool, solid games they are. Especially for races, which I don't really like. These ones are enjoyable. Yeah. And now we're going back 20 years mm-hmm. to January 85. You mean 30 years, silly? Uh yeah, 30 years <laughs> to January 85. Yeah. I thought I was younger than I was then. Uh, Yee-Ah Kung Fu from Konami. That's 30 years old. Wow. Yeah. Very influential beat-em-up. Yep. Um, Fuzzy was showing me something on his phone last night. He was disgusted at this because he's after a mint Robotron. Yeah. Um, Konami did a Yee-Ah Kung Fu conversion kit, and the actual flyer of, the conversion, of this conversion kit, it says... Conf- it says... Uh, kick life back into your Robotron's joust, Stargates, Ooh. and Defenders. Uh-oh. 
So he's saying, some idiots have converted Robotron to Yi'a Kung Fu. Oh, and I said, yeah, but it's a very influential beat-em-up. And I, I shouldn't have said that, really. <laughs> Did he go off on one? <laughs> no, not really. Do you know what? My, my memories of Yi'a Kung Fu were always on the spectrum. Uh, yeah. Even the BBC at school had it, I think, and it's a good version on the BBC. But on the Spectrum, I always remember it because the actual case was like a little tiny video case, a little plastic uh, clamshell case rather than a tape case that it normally came in. I always thought they were pretty good having the bigger cases because bigger yeah. was obviously better back in those days. It had, uh, it had like various enemies. It had a one-on-one situation. I know Karate Champ did that um, the year before, yeah. but this had a power bar. Yeah, um, different you, you enemies. Use diagonals as well for your, yeah. your shots. So you had like, if you pressed like right and fire, you did a kick, and then up diagonal and fire, you did a high kick and low kicks and punches and somersaults, and you did all sorts. There's lots of different moves, which was un, unusual for a game of that age. You had kick and punch, that was it. But back then, you had all these different moves, which was really cool. Yeah, and then the final one, we're going back 40 years. Oh, a long time ago. To January 75. Yeah. Um, Pursuit by Key Games, Stroke Atari. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like Taito's Interceptor. It's a crosshair shooter from what I can see. I can't find any footage of it. Yeah, it sounds exactly the same, actually. I think it's just like a, a kind of a copy. Yeah, where you've yeah. got planes sort of forced 3D perspective coming towards you, and then you're just shooting them. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to get myself a plain game. I think. Yeah. P L A N E, game, uh, black <laughs> and white, because I do like them. I do yeah. like them. Okay, let's get on the last bit. Next show's game, and who picked it? We've been promising this one for a while now, and it's come yeah. about. Mister Benson Rad, you can now safely play Quaff Stroke Block Hole because we're going to be playing it as well. Have you had a, have a little play of it this nope, week? Nope, never seen it before. You haven't? Yes, you have. You've got it, haven't you? I've got, uh, I've got the on Maim. I haven't got, the, <laughs> got it on Maim, obviously, but I don't think I've ever played it. I've so just I had a go of that. This is the game I had on the Amiga. Okay. Um, it wasn't called Quarth and Block Hole. I don't know what it was called, but I thought it was an original to the Amiga. Yeah. And I thought this is brilliant. And then years later, I discovered it on Maim that the actual the Amiga was a copy of this game. Yeah. But yeah, I had a little go yesterday. It seems a fun game. Don't be getting no big scores on it, will you? Oh, no. no, oh, no. Chap, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I'll get on to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, actually. One an unknown for me. I've heard of it before, but it's totally unknown to me. So, okay. Block Hole it is. Yes. Okay, and we'd like to hear from other people playing Block Hole. <laughs> yeah. So, all I've got to say now is uh, have a, a happy 2015, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Thank you very much for listening. Yes, Happy New Year. You can download or play the podcast... Read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 